Welcome back, everyone, to the newest episode of Sonderwave. This episode is very interesting for a few reasons. It's honestly one of my favorites I've ever recorded, and that's mainly because it's the first episode I recorded with this podcast. It was even before I knew what the title would be, what I wanted the structure to be. I knew I just needed to start recording these episodes to really kind of get some momentum. And so back in January, I asked my friend Allie to come and record with me essentially the conversations that we would have off mic. You know, whenever I would see Allie, because we went to the same college together, we have a lot of shared experience when it comes to Christianity and then leaving Christianity and redefining spirituality. We have so much in common on this. So whenever we are together, we end up talking just for hours about all of this stuff and spirituality and just how we're growing, how the things that are bothering us, really just everything spirituality is what me and Allie talk about. And so I knew I wanted to have her on because I knew it would just be such a great open dialogue on religion and what leaving religion looks like and just the nitty gritty emotion of it. And just the the identity portion of it and how much weight that actually does carry on people who grow up in the church. So it's just, it's full of good stuff. If you guys are looking for some Christian tea, this is the strongest Christian tea you'll probably hear in a while. So give it a listen. It's a lot of fun. Let's just start doing it. Let's do a few deep breaths and then let's give it a listen. <laughs> Okay, here we go. I don't think I'm my bye. You're, you're bye <laughs> in your wine glass. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we're classing it up. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Oh, did we start? I did. Oh, boy. Yes. It's very spontaneous. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> hi. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. I'm also very nervous. Yes. A, because this is the first time I'm recording for this podcast, wow. but it's going to be the second episode. Oh. Yes. Who's more important than me? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. And me. I'm Thank the goodness. only one that's going to oh, be more important than I'm you. I'm actually thrilled. <laughs> yes. I have well, thought of that. I figured, because really what this podcast is, is asking people to share experiences that like made them stronger and be very vulnerable and very raw and so i figured i couldn't ask that of others unless i did it myself first yeah that's amazing. and so that's what i'm gonna do i haven't recorded <laughs> yet so i don't know how it went okay um, first the worst second the best i get exactly it. Yes, <laughs> like okay. i get it but i remember when i was thinking of this podcast you were the first one i thought of um, that's so kind <laughs> I, you really were and I think and I've been reflecting a lot over the past like five six months um, just on myself because I have a lot of self-work to do I always mm. say I'm a work in progress mm. um, but I, I've been thinking back about um, mainly my life once I got into college mm-hmm. which I think you'll relate to yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think I realized like how much you had an impact on me um, especially at school um, at our um, college <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to use it by name. <laughs> you know, our college. Our, um, you know, that place. That place the that place we, we never name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, that place that shall not be named. Exactly. Okay. Um, but I was thinking but about we that. still get, you know, all that 
advertisement. We sure alumni advertisement. Yes. yes. <laughs> Newsletter. We sure do. Okay. Um, I was thinking about that, and then even coming out to LA. You introduced me to the job hmm. in which I met like a whole new family out here in mm. L.A. because I came out here not really knowing a lot of people um, and really like wanting to start over and find like my group. Yeah. And I kind of I found them through um, the companies we work. I don't mind plugging them. <laughs> <coughs> um, the company through... that shall not be named. <laughs> yes. For me. Um, <laughs> yes. It's another yeah. story. It is another story. Okay. Um <laughs> But you introduced me to like this whole group of people that have mm-hmm. like really changed my life. So like even without knowing it, you made a huge impact on me and I wanted to dig into it. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, That's let's, re- <laughs> let's just dig into it. <laughs> dig right in. But it, it's even more meaningful like once you get into it because a lot of it, a lot of my growth with you in college, or at least how I viewed you was um, you were very much like a spiritual teacher mm-hmm. to me. And that's you showed me that it was okay to question and okay to doubt. And that was literally the one thing I had to learn. The one thing that I'm glad I learned at that school that we went to (laughs) was that it was okay to doubt and to question. And I feel like I got that from you. Wow. Yes. We'll be right back. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah. And cut. Um, um, So I'm also falling. (laughs) We're sitting on a bed right now and I'm sitting on the wall and in between the bed and the wall. The great canyon of doubt. (laughs) Yes. And I'm, my butt is slowly <laughs> falling farther into this crevice. Yeah, that's what happens um, the second you question. Soon, exactly. soon you just all the way down. Um, but anyways, this is not about me and my feelings. This is <laughs> no. about you and you sharing your story. Well, and I think that, that that's actually a great place to start in recognizing that humans give each other permission mm. to give themselves permission in a way it's mm-hmm. like by because i i could name off a list of humans that taught me that it was okay to question um before i felt like i gave myself that permission yeah. and then of course it's that whole cause and effect where it's like when i see when i saw other individuals inside of my you know realm of connection that were not taking things as literally or they were giving themselves room to critically think or have like individual inspiration I just observed that and was like oh wait a second if they're giving themselves permission for that maybe I can do that too and I think that's sort of what you're saying too is like we're all just like this cause and effect tied when we are giving ourselves permission to question and Mm -hmm. doubt and learn more yeah um and what's interesting is like I don't I doubt that you knew that you had that effect on me. And I think it's interesting that like people like we don't know who we're affecting on a day to day basis just by like living our raw and authentic selves. And I think that's also like a goal of what I want from this podcast is to kind of have those conversations um, and just be that vulnerable so that other people can like feel that drive to better themselves because me seeing you try to better yourself spiritually encourage me to do that in myself mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what I'm hoping from all of this is that like these conversations can really stir people to move forward into like their best life because um, I think that's what experience does experience allows us to it helps us relate to the world in a way that like movies and tv don't do for us because mm-hmm. um, they're so like general and not specific but when you talk to the people closest to you you get like that really good like raw nitty-gritty yeah shit yeah you know you what i mean shit. like you get the <laughs> shit um but like that's the stuff that like i know i personally relate to so yeah same cool 
Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is about like a story that made you stronger. Um, okay. I know we kind of talked about like <clears throat> having that be like spirituality and religion, yeah. but or or the leaving of, exactly. of spirituality yes. and religion or the uh, the my <laughs> my my fall into the crevice of doubt my Same. own fall yes um yeah so do you want me to start yeah you kind can, of you with can start that? wherever you want so I was raised very very conservatively um and evangelically in the Christian church um yes <laughs> yes yes ma'am and it, it's really interesting because it's it's I simplify that time in my life as, you know, and I, this is not an original thought, but just looking at it as a bubble or kind of Mm -hmm. this sphere of existence that was quite small. Um, Mm -hmm. and there were pockets in that sphere that were very safe. Um, but there was also pockets in that sphere that were very, uh, blind or mm-hmm. you know their blind spots it's yeah almost like in a car you yeah know? Like yeah a lot of it's seen but there are these few parts on yeah. each side where you're like, you're like i don't I, know what's there i do not know what's there and what's everyone's telling shadows? me to not open the door and look uh-huh. you know and, yes. and 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 that whole like just being raised with this separation from yourself and the world um or separation from you know, here's the Christian body and here's the, f- where you fellowship and here's where you get nourished and like, mm-hmm. here's where you're loved. And then anything outside of that is kind of like false or separate. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I, I think sometimes in, in my deepest realms of self-doubt, I, I go, Allie, you know, you're being so dramatic about this. Your childhood wasn't that hard, you know, or, or your, I, I devalidate my own experience so quickly, which we can talk about this later as being like yeah. probably the worst possible thing for any mm-hmm. changing human. I agree. Um, it's just devalidating our own experiences because the second we do that, we lose our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we lose our stories, we lose our value mm. and we, u- we lose our belief in why we're even here at all. Um, I almost asked, why do you think we're here? But I'm like, we should save that till later. <laughs> why am I here on this um, bed with John Crabby? Yes. Um, are you using your full name in the podcast? Uh, it's out now. <laughs> there it is. There she is. There she is. Um, she's beautiful. First um, and last. Yes. <laughs> I guess I didn't even introduce myself, actually. Oh, yeah. Are you? <laughs> I, I'm like, here's a random stranger. Here's, here's, um, here's where. <laughs> Here's my childhood. Do you want me to like give a a history of how we know each other? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Um, would be good. I think so too. (laughs) So with us today is my dear friend, Allie, 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 (laughs) Allison Mm -hmm. and myself and Allie went to college together in Indiana. Mm -hmm. So like, so (laughs) right now we are in Los Angeles, California. Um, and you're from California Mm -hmm. from Northern California and I'm from Illinois. And so we, randomly met at this at our college in indiana that Mm -hmm. had 1100 students it was very intimate (laughs) an intimate i would say it was a christian school so it was an intimate christian bubble that we were in Mm -hmm. during that time towards the end of our college career together we me you and another one of our friends at least this is how i like in my mind our friendship it kind of we kind of branched off into like this trio of people that questioned things together mm-hmm. um and that was really special for me and it gave me an outlet for things that i didn't know i needed an outlet for 
I guess that's how we know each other. I was going to like keep going into no, it again. No, I love again, it. Well, I love that and, like, too. like my emotions of it. But I'm like, this isn't about me. <laughs> you're going to have your whole own episode. Yes. Come on now. <laughs> that's um, yeah, you're like. <laughs> feel free to coldly. mention me in it. But oh, I would. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love actually that kind of take on it because I remember we always did it on the pretense of like study time. Mm-hmm. Or I think we even maybe called it something like. We might have. I don't remember. Sunday study something more creative sunday sabbath (laughs) sunday sabbath studies um but i i remember bringing homework or bring or like bringing um papers to work on or something what do you even call it in college did we call it homework oh my god i I literally don't remember Uh, let's just say i've shut out a lot of my yes Yes, there's all of my education is (laughs) what happened (laughs) it's just black black Mm -hmm. space um but no i and i think that is actually I, I keep like referencing like the the, the po- underlying points behind these these ideas because I'm like, oh, yeah, when people branch off into these like smaller groups away from the larger crowd, you're able to create a safer space to mm-hmm. connect more intimately on like life's harder questions like what we're doing right now. Yeah. Which but also going to, you know, publicize it to the earth yes, by putting it into a podcast. Um, sure are. But yeah, no, thank you for introducing me. Um, my name is Allison Sabri. Yes. Um, that's my artist name and so I have to use it Please um, do. I'm also going to plug myself shamelessly and uh, that <laughs> I am <laughs> I will also plug the, you shamelessly thank you so. thank you um, and that I am a musician and I'm mm-hmm. working on a really cool project right now that um, lays inside of the themes of a lot of my belief systems and yeah. coming out of my religious background um, so it's definitely relevant to who I am today and it's what cool. I'm most excited about in my life. So I want to plug it. Good. Um, so listen to Sabri mm-hmm. and maybe put it at the end of this podcast. Uh, I w- 100% <laughs> Play will. some songs. Because I genuinely <laughs> like it. You know, and it is genuinely I good. will be honest. I was nervous that like when <laughs> when I heard you were doing music, so I was like, what oh, if no. you play it for me and I don't like yeah, it? It's like that was, I was hard. very nervous about it. <laughs> but I genuinely like your music and <laughs> I you. listen to it. And I even remember telling you like, when I was listening to them, I listened to two out of the three that you released. And I was like, I don't know how the third one's going to be like any better than these. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed in this oh, third no. song. Yeah. But it was like, they're just all so different and like beautiful in such a different way that I love them all. Thank you. And I still listen to them. Thank you. That's, You're so welcome. That is great. Listen to them on Spotify and Apple Music. So I <laughs> yes. get point zero 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 cents yeah, for, for seven. <laughs> I just said zero uh-huh. cents. <laughs> um yeah and that helps i've earned like you know forty dollars <laughs> great it's forty dollars you wouldn't have had if you didn't release it you know it's wonderful it's wonderful um no so thank you for that introduction yes. that's kind of sets us in a it good does. place let me just say and then once we left college we reconnected when i moved yes. out to los angeles yeah. um back in 2017 so we really didn't talk from 2013 when we graduated through when I came here. Not really, at least. No. Well, and um, I deleted my Facebook in 2012. So <laughs> great. <laughs> so I just pretty much that fateful shut day out back in 2012 everyone. when Allison goes in. When I was just like, fuck everyone, actually. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I love you, but fuck everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I need some space. But we kind of reconnected then when I came out here. And so that's where we are now. Yes. I just wanted to put two, geographically. Two good humans <laughs> sitting, sitting in Los Angeles, California, yes. having a chat. Having, having a, a human chat. chat. Um, so back to my childhood. <laughs> yes. So back to your childhood. So back to my childhood, back to uh, not devalidating my experiences. Mm-hmm. I have had some very good therapists, I will say. Um, let me just plug therapy. Yes. <laughs> Real we quick. Like um, as hugely instrumental to my ability to 
process Mm. any of this really. And I will specifically plug a therapist that I started working with last year who different from the other ones was harder for me to manipulate. And by that, I I mean, I love this. (laughs) A, I I just love that you're like self-realized enough that like you have the ability to manipulate people. Yeah. Cause I think that's a vulnerable (laughs) thing to say. Cause I feel like normally people would be like, (laughs) you stray away from being a manipulator. But I love that you recognize (laughs) that in yourself. Well, and it's interesting cause I, I mean, we might even reference the fact that I, learned how to manipulate in religion Mm. because there's so much manipulation that goes on in there's so many nuances to that um but in therapy I think that I had always interacted with my therapist and I mean I believe that therapy is really about giving yourself space Mm. and having Mm -hmm. someone who's kind of guiding you or just opening that floor for you they're not necessarily like the one who's processing your life Mm -hmm. you are Mm -hmm. um so when i say this therapist was harder for me to manipulate i mean i it was harder for me to manipulate myself even in with this within this particular space in this particular um point of time so when i went to this therapist last year um at the beginning of last year i went because i was in another stage of that deepest depression the one that gets scary and your husband texts all your friends about (laughs) you know rescuing you or whatnot and and that that phase where you're just like yeah I don't I don't remember my life as something that's valuable so why can't I just get rid of it um yeah and so, and I'm not going to apologize for talking about depression because I think it's so oh, important. <laughs> I 100% agree. Um, and something that I, I really, really value. And I think a lot of our generation is valuing just speaking very frankly about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I went to the therapist, I, w- my first session with her, I sat down and I said, and it just immediately started crying, which she affirmed as, um, a really good thing for your brain because it releases specific chemicals that help calm you, which I was like, so thrilled. Like you just sat down and started, I just crying, started before crying before speaking. Yeah. I just was like, it's time to cry. Probably Cause the, the space you could feel was like a safe yeah. space. And so, yeah. And I used to cry a lot when I was religious. So I was so, just like, mine what? was the exact opposite. Really? Oh yeah. I yeah. did. I did not cry barely, Interesting. barely at all. And I'm a sensitive person Yeah. Like, from like, uh, here I go again. No, I'm I like, love it. I like, love here's it. My life. No, it's but, a dialogue. Um, I love it. Like I grew up very sensitive, um, like in elementary school and I quickly, um, hardened it up as like, Mm. it's like a gender thing. Like as a, Mm. as a male, we're not supposed to like cry and be sensitive. And so like, I always knew I was a very sensitive kid. And so pretty much after middle school on, even through college, like I just, I pushed down every emotion I had, Mm. um, to be, you know, this person. So once I like got away from religion and kind of started figuring myself out, I started crying all, I cry all the time. Cause I'm just feeling like I've never yeah. experienced these emotions as like a conscious adult. And so it's like weird to feel them again and to yeah. cry and to like, and it's release. really good for your brain. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm just like, let me just plug crying. <laughs> yes. Our sponsor today is crying. <laughs> sponsor today by tears, <laughs> tears of joy, tears of sorrow, yes. tears of self-revelation. Tears. <laughs> tears. It comes out of your eyes. <laughs> We'll be right back. Can we make a little jingle for that? <laughs> yes, we can. Um, I love it. So yes, I sat down on on this couch and I started crying. And my first, you know, she's like, she's like, why are you here? Kind of doing that general intake form. And I, I thought that I was going to be very, I was like, let me just 
and this goes back to not manipulating my therapy sessions because I, I think in the past I would be like, yeah, I'm depressed, but like, yeah, suicidal thoughts only like, you know, once, once, in a, <laughs> once in a, one time, just one it was time for a brief ever. minute, yeah. which is just not gone. true. It's <laughs> right. just not true. It's like, oh yeah, there's this other time where I like wanted to drown myself in the ocean, but, yeah. th- but we'll just not talk about that. Yeah, no. That happened last week, but yeah. we won't talk about it. It, it didn't happen. Oh, did yeah. I drive across the country to drown myself in the ocean? Yeah. We'll talk about yeah. that later. <laughs> um, and so, so with this specific therapist, I sat down and I was like, Allie, fucking lay it out, fucking say what you need to say. And so I say, I'm depressed. I think about killing myself a lot. I don't um, value my life. I don't know who I am. I don't know how, when someone, you know, uh, I meet somebody new and I feel like I come up with all of these very non-deep ways to describe who I am. Like, oh yeah, I I work at this job, um, but I also freelance. A, A lot of it had to do with work, actually. I was very overworked as a person. Um, at that point too. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm a fun person. I'm an extrovert. I'm great at small talk, like blah, 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 just the worst. Um, and nothing like who I really am. And mm-hmm. so I, I brought this up in therapy. I was like, I, was, I think that this is part of my depression. I think that I don't like, if I try to think about when specific events in my life happened, I can't tell you. Like if someone's like, you know, when did you, this was last year, but it's like, when did you leave religion? I would just be like, I don't know. I just left it. Because you don't know the time frame, or just like. And well, and I think that, um, uh, I think that in, well, and this is what comes into play. Let me, let me finish my setup. Please. So, <laughs> um, so I, if someone asked me, you know, when did you move from this house to another? I'm like, I don't know. I was like probably 12 or I don't know, 13. I don't like, I would just, everything felt very vague or like, uh, when, and I, I have a family member who is, um, schizoaffective and that plays a huge role in my family dynamics Mm -hmm. and, and, and my departure from religion actually, which is interesting. Mm. Um, but it'd be like, Oh, when did your brother, you know, become schiz like get his diagnosis? I'm like, I don't know. When did I I just like everything felt very cloudy and I I would just kind of shut everything out as something that didn't matter, which again, that goes back to like devalidating my own life experience, my own, I want to say you can cut out all my pauses here, but I want to say my own like, (laughs) um, validation for being alive. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm just like, well, my story doesn't matter because I'm a different person than I used to be. So like all of that's in the past. And so it's all fuzzy and I don't really want to think about it. Do you think it's because you saw yourself more as like in a collective whole over like a single individual conscious person? That's a really interesting thought. A conscious, you know, community. Yeah. Well, and that's a really interesting thought. And what's even more interesting is that I have a totally different answer. Like, I don't think that that's why actually. I love it. Keep going. (laughs) Um, I think that it's because everything that I built into my identity as an individual, but within a religious community, um, I threw away when I left religion. Mm. So basically all of my ties to being my own person existed in a world that I just completely shut out. And again, with my setup to, uh, telling like telling this to my therapist like oh yeah like I I don't really feel like I have a story I don't really feel like I have an identity um and I my life doesn't feel valuable this is this is my depression this is where I'm at and and I did not know at the time and now I know it very truthfully that 
a massive part of that had to do with me leaving religion. And this is what this therapist was able to guide me through that no other therapist had done for me in the six years that I had left religion. Like I had left religion six years prior. Um, and in those six years dealt with all kinds of mental health Mm -hmm. components that I still had within religion, but I had band-aids back then that were different. I I love that. Um, I love that (laughs) visualization as well. Cause it really is, it's a, Band-aid it's a, yeah i had like, i had some band-aids like that wound is still <laughs> open yep like, or 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 like you just don't talk about it back then yes you, you cover oh, no. it with prayer oh, wrap oh, wrap no. the the gauze of prayer around <laughs> your body girl yeah. You um, wrap it tight. yeah you whew, you layer that up because i do not want to see those wounds no. honey no. <laughs> whew, only god can see the deepest crevices yes, of you <laughs> Um, yeah and insert his hand into your flesh and all that shit which is like yeah we can get into that um (laughs) but yeah so this this therapist and this is like what I again my I'm like doing a really intense setup to this because I I thought about it and I was like this is important that I I didn't realize how much leaving religion impacted my entire identity as a person which I look at that now after therapy and I'm like haha duh duh it affected your identity you you had this setup since the age of zero right to have all of your identity and this is where i do relate to you but i was kind of looking at it differently all of your identity is based in this group right and it's connected to this group and it's connected to this this deity and this this supernatural force and power and purpose and all of these things and so my therapist one time just looked at me and she goes you know uh to you to, to coin a term an easy term you kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater like mm-hmm. the bathwater was religion but you were the baby you're the baby <laughs> you're the baby and you threw your identity away yeah um so no wonder you're, you're depressed <laughs> right. um and no wonder you don't value your life and so a lot of my therapy ended up being actually going through step by step the years of my life and being like at this stage in my life here's what actually happened. Here's how it actually affected me. Here's how it actually changed kind of my ideas around uh, belief or religion or purpose or family or any of these things. And then like, you know, here's actually why I ended up going to a Christian school. Here's Mm -hmm. actually why I um, lied to a lot or didn't, didn't tell a lot of people that I had left Christianity when I had. And here's why I didn't feel safe in Christian environments after I left it. Would you say it's like putting words to feelings that you knew deep down, but like you just didn't have the words to describe like what it was, why it was? Well, and I think it's feelings and uh, this is where we differ again on the crying thing, because in religion I cried. I literally cried every day. I I remember. And not even like (laughs) it wasn't like like in a a sad way, but it was like. Yeah, I it was just like feel. you just felt touched. I feel. Like, yeah, I feel touched. I feel like when that spirit moved, those tears came <laughs> flowing. <laughs> but I mean, actually, you know, yes, and I and no. I I had a a very vibrant yoga practice as a Christian, which is funny. That's that's something that I threw out uh, with my like all spirituality. I threw out. Um, I had a very vibrant journaling practice. Um, I probably journaled like four times a day. And so I'm like, oh, I'm processing all of these feelings and emotions all the time. And so I'm crying and it's good for me. Um, and then when I stopped being a Christian, like which we can talk about that process, I just stopped crying because I became this really concrete atheist as like one of my phases coming out of of christianity that i was just like oh yeah emotion is useless did you Um, did you find it as weakness is that what you felt 
I think that I did. And I think that I, yeah, I was replacing emotion with logic, which, oh. which, uh, the two are not mutually exclusive. No, but I, <laughs> I, I will say when coming out of like a belief system, I think it's necessary Yeah. to like go through that phase of yeah. being like very logical about it being like, you have to understand it. I feel like that's where the logic comes in. Cause when you grow up with it, you don't really get why you believe it Yeah. and you need that understanding portion of it. Right. Well, and, and that's interesting too. I actually just had kind of um an opportunity to process some of that last week with a group of strangers that I met with um well that's been literally (laughs) the most amazing sentence I've ever heard (laughs) actually can I just plug (laughs) my friend's group strangers uh, (laughs) called strangers go out in the street Um, no a friend of mine in LA just started a group uh for women called social studies where she brings women together I know already amazing but I really am plugging this so keep it in the podcast um but just the idea of it as a safe space for individuals to bring topics um like news or politics or religion or sexuality like these things that aren't necessarily um easy to talk about or there aren't necessarily safe spaces to talk about it outside of like a therapist's office Mm -hmm. and creating a group of strangers bringing a group of strangers together and saying let's talk about these hard topics yes Um, yes (laughs) right that is church and like that's what it's literally bible study yes but but it's called humans it's social studies it's fucking the study of humanity yes that's it (laughs) i love it yeah and that's what i feel like (laughs) religion is like striving for are those types of things but they they like kind of warp what church Mm -hmm. should be into like this one thing that has to be Mm -hmm. repeated every single week but really church is just a like a group of people coming together encouraging each other talking about things together relating to each other disagreeing with each other arguing with each other like just like really connecting on like yes just Mm -hmm. like connecting on a spiritual raw level yeah that's church which this is church this podcast is is church which i i i am obsessed with the fact that you are saying all these optimistic things about this component of religion because what you're talking about is the human component Mm. what you're talking about is the human ability to connect to want to live with to want to experience with to want to grow with other people and that is something that religion has given humans mm-hmm. which and is i think that's the, the why lure, religion exists you know like that's what yeah. brings people in yes. is that connection to like other yeah. people and community i'm always um, like of course there's cults have you met human yes. beings <laughs> yes we want that have you met like, us? we want connection <laughs> yeah. and it's just so warped in our society yeah. now like connection is <laughs> warped in our society always if anything <laughs> yeah. we're doing great right now because we're having this conversation yeah we're, breaking out. Yeah, we're doing it <laughs> um yeah no so uh rewind to before i plugged social studies which i'm plugging again mm-hmm. make your own group do it if you're in la join us talk to us do you have to be a woman uh for this specific dynamic of social studies we're saying uh woman but spelled with a y you know how the like w-o-m-y oh okay like women (laughs) one of those terms that our generation utilizes really well in an in an inclusive stance um but i would assume and encourage other groups to form around the same idea i mean call it church call it whatever the fuck you want Um, but I'm, it was amazing to be in this group of strangers, these people that I just met. And one of the topics that came up was religion and sexuality. And, um, no, actually I was like shaking in my boots. (laughs) I'm just like shaking. Um, because well, and the, the woman who brought up this topic was, you know, talking about 
kind of just asking if any of us had stories about how religion uh, oppressed our sexuality. Did you raise both hands? <laughs> I raised my entire body. Yes. <laughs> I actually popped. She levitated. <laughs> I actually burst. Um, I burst. They're like, I think um, Allie has a few I, things to say. I, I actually, I wrote some songs about this. That was actually the first words out of my mouth. Um, I just released some music about this topic. Um, but I was going to say one thing that I had the chance to do and process and something that I felt like was a revelation for me was that this whole idea that when I was leaving religion, I tried to constantly justify every step of my process with logic or with, mm. or with, you know, proof. Like, cause I studied religion. I studied religion and philosophy. Um, and I don't bring that up a lot. It's something that I, I buried because I was mm. like, well, this has no, this has no platform in my current life actually is a huge platform in my current life because it is something I did. It's mm -hmm. part of my story. It's part of who I am. Good. For, yes. So I'm claiming that um, in that I studied religion. And the reason I studied religion is because I in my Christian journey, I discovered this portion of Christianity that was a lot more spiritual than the evangelicalism that I had been raised in. Um, and the, I, I was attending a Southern Baptist church for most of my life with my family and I discovered or I was like I learned or I was exposed to these this more like frankly Pentecostal mm -hmm. um, kind of component. Can you, can of you religion. explain like what that looks like for people <laughs> that don't understand? Yeah definitely or and again this been. is me like working real hard to claim my story and be okay with all of this but I, um, I joined a missions organization. I dropped out of college after my first year, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Um, and I, I joined a missions organization called YWAM, which I am calling them out because I do not want you to send your kids there or, <laughs> <laughs> you um, you heard it here. Um, don't send your kids, <laughs> keep Did your kids at home. Yeah. Um, but I, it, what, and what that time gave me gave me and is a huge part of my story is that I went off to Germany. I went off to this other world um, and I was immediately exposed to things that I had never seen in my church. But it was still under this whole like guys. I say I'm going to say the term guys lately uh, loosely, but it's like this guise of Christianity, this this bubble of Christianity. It was still a bubble, but it was a it was a different part of the bubble, one that I hadn't seen, one that. I was raised to think was excessive or dangerous because it's getting too close to the edge of the sure. bubble. Like too progressive, too progressive, too, too individualistic, frankly, okay. um, because I had never been, I had always been taught that, um, you know, you have your own individual relationship with God, but it's always in conjunction with like it's always in tandem with this concept of who God is mm -hmm. to the whole. So it's like, yes, you have your own, uh, relationship with God, but God is the same d uh, entity for everyone. So kind of giving these terms to God, like God is a man, God is this, God is <laughs> powerful, almighty, da, da, da. And, and I, and being the person that I am, I wanted to view God as, as something, as a, as a, a spirit that was a lot more intimate and a mm. lot more, personal a lot more personal and a lot more dynamic because it was personal like I'm going to see parts of God that are going to be shown just to me like I, yeah. I actually wanted that I, I think I was really just screaming to be an individualist yes um, but using the terms of Christianity that I could and so when I went to Germany it's like I was immediately exposed to people uh just like 
speaking in tongues and uh, being overcome by this this concept of the Holy Spirit and people just like laying on the floor laughing and crying and I mean just some real intense shit for mm-hmm. like an 18 year old who had never seen this before and I had heard of it but I had heard of it again under that context of like this is dangerous right um I remember my evangelical church uh, I think it was my the grade above me um went to a pentecostal church on like a field trip like on a sunday school field trip to specifically say like this is wrong oh wow oh yeah because and that's how the baptists feel i mean they're like against dancing let's be let's like, be completely you mean real. like dancing at all or dancing, dancing with like period. someone of like the opposite sex no dancing ex- is it because it's period. like <laughs> Because it's moving the body uh, and which is too physical and languid and blah, blah, blah. Does that go like, does that correlate directly into like sex in the church? Like if you give into your body and dancing that you'll give into other bodily pleasures, essentially. I absolutely think that. Sex. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Let's talk about sex. sex. (laughs) Um, I just want to plug sex. (laughs) And we'll be right back. Thank you. Uh, Real quick. Sex and tears. (laughs) Sex and tears and therapy. That's all you need in life. What a great. And that's the cure. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. That could be one of your new new, new songs. Sex therapy. Tears. Tears. Actually. I kind of like it. I can do it. My first three songs on my EP. Yeah. Um, So. So. Yes. Now I'm just thinking about sex. So I like, I can't, who can go back to Who can go back to Germany? <laughs> oh, yes. There we are. Germany. 20th century there was, Germany. There was very little sex happening in I, Germany. Yeah, I'm sure. However, oh. there was a lot of um, me learning to grasp the concept of intimacy. Um, I would love to talk. Yeah. Keep going. Intimacy. Yeah. Which like, and, and, and again, this, I mean, this is probably the first time I'm talking about this, like. This is literally the first time I'm talking about this publicly. Um, you mean your experience like with in yeah, Germany with yeah, it's YWAM like I, or this part of your life? This part of my life. Like oh. this is a part of my life that I literally just a year ago decided it's okay to talk about again. Oh. So like reclaiming this part of me and, and just, and this is just to harp on the point. I went to therapy with this depression saying, I don't know my story. And my therapist within three sessions was like, okay, so what we really need to talk about is you leaving religion mm. and I was like no that's not what we actually need to talk about we need to talk about like my life and da, da, da. and she's like right so your life <laughs> where you were raised in religion mm-hmm. and found a way to leave it let's talk about that and so that involves talking about these things that are sometimes I would view them as embarrassing because I'm like oh I was so brainwashed or um I was so stupid I'll just I'll be like Ali you were so dumb back then you know and and just again that's that like whole how could you believe it how right could and that's that whole devalidating that. myself as a person who was given these parameters in which to grow up and live life and was doing my best to figure myself out 100%. and that's something that like for anyone listening is something that I just wish someone had told me every step of my life is that my process and my journey is good it's a good thing. Um, Can you say that again, please? <laughs> I'm not kidding. You're no, really, because you're you're going to make mistakes, yes. but you are doing your best with what you have in front of you, and so don't look at yourself a year ago and say "fuck you." fuck you for being so dumb. Don't yes. do that to yourself. Mm-mm. Look at yourself a year ago and say, look what you did to get me to where I am right now. Yeah. Good job. And just like we were talking about <laughs> before job, we started, self. like rewiring the brain takes a long Oof. time. It is not a quick thing where you can just snap your finger 
and you're going to be different. Right. Like when you're rewiring your brain, it takes baby steps mm -hmm. and it takes falling back and mm -hmm. like, get, you know, walking a little bit further. It takes a lot of tears. Back, a lot, <laughs> a lot of, of tears. therapy, a lot you're of slipping sex. on your tears. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it takes a long time and like yeah. you have to like give yourself that grace. Mm -hmm. But also like you going through your process, other people saw that. Like mm -hmm. I saw your pro I saw your process and progress and that encouraged me during that time. Mm -hmm. So it's like you don't know who you're affecting yeah. during your pr process <laughs> and progress, who you're affecting to also do the same thing to like, grow. I don't It's Does that make sense? Oh, like, absolutely. Like it may seem like it's like a terrible time for you, but because you went through that terrible time, mm -hmm. other people got to grow from exactly. it. Exactly. And that's once again, that's exactly what I want this <laughs> podcast to be like that. Like yeah. you, people can see like that even through like the tough times and like the thick of it, like that's where we connect. Like right. we connect on like the hard times and like yeah. the shit. Yes. You know? Which my, my, my husband always, he brings this up constantly and I'm, I'm, I always just shake my head, but he's like, Allie, humans need struggle. You know, humans need struggle. Uh, and I'm yes. always just like, no, no, no. But, but he's right. Like we, because, because of the system we live in, because of, and we could, I'm not going to go into all of my opinions about society and capitalism and <laughs> blah, 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 one. and consumerism right now. But, um, just a plug for individualism yes. real quick, um, <laughs> is that we are all doing our best with the struggles presented with us. And those struggles look completely different and are not any less valid than anyone else's struggles. So back to me being like, Allie, you know, your childhood wasn't that hard. Cause I'll do that to myself. I'll be like, you know, how dare you think you have anything to say? Mm -hmm. And that's me saying, that's me completely devalidating the fact that I was raised in a very specific household, one that no one else was raised in. And one that you didn't have a choice in. One that you don't, you did not have the choice to be born. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what I believe as in my like physical sense of a human, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that you didn't have the choice to be here. And s there is so much complexity. There's so much complexity to the human existence, mm -hmm. to our consciousness, to our ability to process ourselves within the structure that we are born into. Right. And so fucking forgive yourself for every step of the way in that journey that you're currently on. And so for me, again, like sitting right here and saying, oh yeah, let's talk about the fact that in coming out of religion, I became hyper religious in a way. Mm -hmm. I became almost like manically religious and in a different way than some people might think because it wasn't fundamentalist. It was like hyper spiritual and just this, this like intense intimacy with this uh, God figure that I had always been taught was more sterile. And I, mm. I was trying to claim it as word. something like luxurious and rich and deep and, and intoxicating. And that's what I saw. And I had never <laughs> seen God that way either. And yeah. so like you really helped me see that, that God is, mm. hey, that God's someone that you should that should be cool <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like and like that right. you should believe in a god that you want to believe in and yeah. like the god that we were taught to believe in mm -hmm. is sterile and i love is, that word because mm -hmm. it like just gives such a great vis visual of like it's just so neutral there's like nothing yeah. to it it's like a plain bologna <laughs> sandwich and like yeah we wanted that like steak dinner yeah. god yes. you know <laughs> yes like i wanted a fucking buffet i wanted dessert oh i want a buffet and that's I wanted great a buffet like, of dessert and what's good what a great visual <laughs> i'm going back to visuals a buffet is I that like plug god is dessert. whatever you want mm -hmm. you know like at a buffet you get the food that you want <clears> and you leave the rest and it's exactly what God is, yeah. you know, or what God should be to yes. individuals. Yes. Which, and, and, and I mean, 
I I'll I'll say this now and then we'll circle back to it. I believe that I am my understanding of God, which is we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> no, go into that um, more. I'd love to hear more. That and so now I'm able to look back at these years of development of my understanding of who this God figure was and say that was me trying to figure myself out. So when I was starting to become this more like you know, have this more intimate mindset and this, this yearning for more and this yearning for like exploration and discovery and intimacy and connection with other spirits or these other like dimensions. That was me as a person wanting those things out of my life, looking at life and saying life has to be more than just a sterile Mm -hmm. structure. And I used the only language I knew how to, to let myself think this way. Yes. So I'm saying, oh yeah, I was I was under the influence of the Holy Spirit when I'm out in a field dancing on a tree stump in Germany, which is something I would do. You know, I'm just like, oh, well, I'm just going to go run in the field and just sing at the top of my lungs. I'm just twirl my arms and I'm going to be in the presence of God doing this. And what's so amazing for me to look back on and say, I was in the presence of myself yes. in my own spirit oh. and in my spirit of being able to connect to nature and connect to the fact that I wanted to sing. Um, and the fact that I wanted to know others, I wanted to connect intimately to other people. I wanted to know more fullness in my life than I had previously thought Mm -hmm. was available to me. Yes. And so I, I, I used the language that I had, which was within religion, which was within Christianity to give myself the freedom to start experiencing life more fully. And it's so beautiful because right? <laughs> it really does like when you think about it like you can only see the world through the lens that you were given right. and the language that you were taught um and i i mean for me that makes me like give myself a little bit more grace and i hope yeah. that everyone like listening that you can really like really hear that and be like you did the best you could mm-hmm. with the resources you were given yes and until you know better you can't do better yes. and then once you do know better you do better right um but you got to give yourself that like yeah. forgiveness and that grace that like sometimes you just don't know. You do not know. Until you. Yeah. And I no no it is. I'm just like, yes, we've reached the peak of our thought and we are done <laughs> because we have <laughs> because this is it. Everything is is connected. Everything um, kind of supports another thought. And for what we're talking about, it's like basically focusing back on your journey is important no matter where you're at in it and valid and give yourself that validation because it's actually not going to come from another source um and and (laughs) even if someone tells you you right you won't believe them like you still and like thousands of people could tell you that you're doing the right thing you're on the right path but like if you're not feeling it that connection with yourself mm-hmm. that you're on the right path like you're not going to believe it absolutely not you have to tell yourself yeah. you have to look in that mirror and yeah say, if someone hey. had if some if a therapist had looked me in the eye when i in in germany mm-hmm. and been like girl you think you're possessed by some spirit but actually it's just you trying to be like a more artistic fulfilled person <laughs> right <laughs> i would have been like no 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 no, no. you're God. wrong teresa <laughs> yeah, <laughs> teresa, yeah, teresa no excuse me phd yeah <laughs> shit her name's not teresa I'm I, not. <laughs> I, I <do. laughs> um but uh yeah so that so my experience in germany um really for me was tra- i i was i was giving myself this space and I was given this space and this time 
to start kind of reorganizing my thoughts around what God was. And what's really interesting is that this is where I started thinking about other religions first um, and sort of my journey towards universalist thinking, which is part one of my steps in leaving Christianity um, was just accepting everything, you know, um, because, and so it's really, and this is, this is a terrible plug. I like, but again, it was part of my journey. So like, let's not scoff at it. It's not terrible. It's good. Um, but I picked up at an airport, um, on my way from Germany to Norway, I picked up at an airport, eat, pray, love. (laughs) I love Elizabeth Gilbert, by the way. I was just, I was listening to her super soul Sunday with Oprah this morning. Oh my about eat pray love so relevant here we go um so i read eat pray love in like my bunk bed with six roommates in this you know castle with 120 christian artists in the forest of germany and i'm reading eat pray love like before an intercessory prayer session or something and i was just like hold on this is the same thing (laughs) you know i'm reading the pray section yeah i was reading the pray section and i was like hold on literally we're all doing the same thing. It was just this this moment because I, I had literally never studied other religions in the context of like an individual's experience. So getting to read Elizabeth Gilbert's mm-hmm. experience of processing this meditation and this kind of Buddhist and acceptance, like this way of thinking from an actual personal perspective. Yes. I was like, oh, Buddhism's not bad. Mm. Uh, I was like, hold on. It's the same. We're all trying to do the same thing here. We're trying to intercede with the spiritual realm we're trying to create peace we're trying to generate calm and and that's like one of those truths like once you think it you can't unthink it right right and, and so that's and that's that that was something i'm like i really have to credit her thank you thanks thanks <laughs> um, <Liz>. thanks <laughs> let me send you this podcast um but i have to I have to thank myself for picking up that book. Something yes. I'm working on is thanking myself as, for yes, life. As you should. Um, is picking up that book and and connecting with it. And it was actually funny because I think I picked up like um, a Richard Dawkins book in the airport too. Okay. And I picked up an Oprah book. It was all like the same bookstore. We were. were like, it was a long you were layover. Longing for like oh, I was sustenance. Yes. Like you I was like, give me some shit. Give me some. Well, yeah. and and I'll tell you even more what I did. Um, but, um, but yeah, I remember sitting in my bunk bed reading this and going, okay, wait a second. I, as someone who feels deeply that the individual experience is valid and valuable, mm. I'm reading this other person's experience, spiritual experience within another religion. And it, it is, I'm connecting to it and I'm thinking this is valid. So, so how come the religious structure that I'm working within in my exploration, how come it's saying that it's not valid? No, why am I not seeing eye to eye on this? What makes me right and her wrong and what makes her right and me wrong? Right, exactly. Yes. And um, I don't think it's necessarily the, the, this is necessarily the space to go into some of the um, portions of my life where like my older brother was, he became an atheist when he was like 16 and I was 15 and he was like a high, a very intellectual atheist. Um, and then it was a little bit later in life that he was diagnosed schizoaffective and that's, that's a whole other space, but it is an element of my, uh, thought processing that's important and valid, um, in that I witnessed someone else become a really adamant atheist, completely, um, disinterested in keeping any element of the, faith that he was raised in and I saw how that affected my parents and I saw how that affected his um 
stance within the religious community and he also pretty much told me that I was stupid at a young age for for still being a Christian Mm -hmm. um and again like I'm not going to get too far into that but it's a valid thing to bring up because I remember not caring that much uh before he became an atheist being like yeah Christianity is just what I'm raised in you know I have non-Christian friends and you know but I'm Christian and this is a part of my life. And when I was a kid, I used to try to like convert my non-Christian friends. Cause I thought that's what I as had to do yes. as I should. Cause I was reading left behind and oh thought that goodness, yes. everyone was going to burn in hell if yep. I didn't convert them at my sleepovers. Um, which I was doing my best. I'm a fucking s- kid. I was going to say you're doing what the Lord <laughs> yeah. said to do. Yeah. I was like, we cannot go to sleep until you become a Christian because you, you're it like, might be the end of the world pray. tonight. Hold my hands and say these words. <laughs> yeah. Literally, actually I was like, ABCs, I have a bracelet. Let's talk about that. Um, And I I give myself credit for that part of my story because I was a kid doing my best and wanting well for other people, wanting goodness. Um, But I bring up my brother because I watched someone very close to me in that he was in proximity to my family. We didn't necessarily have a close relationship, but I I watched someone in close proximity to me um, completely devalidate the language that I was going to try to use to have this whole other phase of my existence. Right. And so I was like, okay, um, if I'm thinking this way about Christianity, maybe, maybe I can use, maybe there's a way to prove that this is right. Like maybe this is the part of Christianity that is good. Like maybe, maybe, um, this spiritual connection with the Holy spirit, like maybe this, this, you know, fruit of the spirits, the gifts of the spirit, like maybe this, this freedom and this expression and this individualism within Christianity, maybe I can find proof for that because I thought that that's what I had to do in order to prove, in order to validate myself. So, and this is why I harp so much on self-validation because I was raised to constantly only validate myself with an external substance or an external structure. Because we were told we won't, we were not worthy without God. We're sinful. We're we're, destroyed. So you can't fucking validate yourself. Born into this world. I'm cursing a lot on this podcast, but that's fine. (laughs) Beep. (laughs) (laughs) Meep. Yeah, because we are told that we are dirt yeah. essentially and we are right. nothing without the mold without of the, blood of the blood of christ <laughs> without pouring the blood. over us right drinking it by the way oh, we're okay. drinking the blood of christ well flesh of christ and so i watched someone close to me you know prove that christianity was wrong so he became this really a, yes uh, is this during the time that you were at ywam no this is in high school okay so this I, is before I, and okay. i watched him you know break the hearts of my parents and i am oh. not saying that w- it lightly because no. of course of course it broke the hearts yes. of my parents because they're they were raising their children, you know, raise them in the way they should go. And then when they're old, they will not part. And so it's like, what did I do wrong that my child is no longer right in, in the guiding light, in the light of God? And so I watched my brother do this. And I think that because of my love for humans and my, my desire to connect to them, I was like, oh, interesting. I'm going to stay in religion, which is a part of why I went to a religious college. Um, a lot of it had to do with pleasing really? my parents. Uh, because I was do you think it was any bit of like stubbornness being like I maybe like there was already like that trace of you that wasn't believing it so you're like you know what no I'm gonna find 
like the point. Right. I'm going to get the language right. down so I can have all these points when people are going against Christianity. Right. Yes. I'll have my beliefs and I'll know why I believe it. Well, well, and that comes into play after German. This is like, but, but sorry, I keep bouncing around a little bit, but that is the complexity of yes. human life and explaining ourselves. Um, that I, I went, I initially went to a Christian college because I wanted to go to art school in San Francisco, mm. but that was a bad environment for me, according to my parents, you know, that was secular and that was uh, going to be destructive, which <laughs> it would have been a completely different life for me. Um, but, and so I was like, so they wanted me to go to a Christian school and that was mm-hmm. like highly, highly encouraged. I'm not going to say they forced me, but I'm just going to say it was highly, highly encouraged. And because mm-hmm. I, I love people, I was just like, Oh, I want to please them. Yeah. I saw how much their hearts were broken from my brother. And I was like, I need to please these people. Um, I want to make sure that they're pleased. And, and, and so I did it in a really interesting way because I went as far away as possible. I went from California to Indiana. My parents never went to my, until I graduated, they never visited that college. So it was my way of saying, I'm going to find a way to be independent, but still please you still please this structure. So it's like, I wasn't really being rebellious, but for me, it was like as close as I could get to rebellion without uh, adamantly hurting someone else. Oh, okay. Um, which is really interesting because that goes into my people pleasing tendencies and how leaving religion also affected like my anxiety or, around social groups because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, but I have to please my community. And, you know, if the community, if I can't fellowship with my community and they don't approve of my decisions, mm-hmm. like I'm probably not making the right decisions. Whew. Um, <laughs> so, so going back to in Germany, I'm, I'm discovering, I'm in this, this time of self-discovery. I'm excited about who this God figure is for like the first time, because it is someone that's giving me, it's this, this entity that's giving me more life than I've ever experienced before. And, um, I, and you're and, making it more personal. I think that's probably why it's been yeah. so much more like meaningful to you is that yeah. like, this isn't what someone else told you to view God, you are viewing God in your own personal right. life, in your own personal way. Right. And well, exciting. and it's really interesting because <laughs> I was a bit of a problem child sometimes at YOM because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause someone would be like, Oh, you know, like um, everyone can have the gift of tongues if God gives it to them. And right. so I'm like, well, this seems, I, I watched, I watched someone in quotes, I'm, I'm doing air quotes mm-hmm. with my fingers right now, really dramatically. Um, that someone that I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy spirit, the gift of tongues. And I watched this, this speaker, um, put their hands on, uh, you know, a young adult and, and say, repeat after me, uh, Uga Luga Dada, like literally nonsense, nonsense. literally nonsense. And I mean, it's super interesting because I did study like how the brain, uh, can, enter kind of this like Mm -hmm. psychotic or like manic phase where they lose their language abilities and they enter kind of so I'm like because I was like hold on like gift of tongues I did it but that that comes later in the moment I looked at that and I was like "Mm, that's not right that person I was I I like I was like "Mm -mm." I was like like, "Mm -mm, "Mm -mm, no thank you no thank you I was like that person's I was like hold on if this gift of tongues thing is real I I've got to be able to prove that it's real so I go to the biblical text and I find like because that's what I thought I had to do. I thought I had to prove that my mm-hmm. experience fit somewhere right. into this bubble. I had to prove that it was going to be okay that I thought this way. And so I did speak in tongues, again, air quotes, um, because I have a different understanding of what that is, 
now, but I spoke in tongues alone in the forest by this magical little pond while it was raining. That was like my first experience. Yeah. For hours. It sounds beautiful. It It really does. I mean, it was because I was entering a trance. I was entering a meditative state for my brain, which is self-soothing and which is this intimate connection to this spirit elevated self. You can call it the higher self, like whatever, whatever. I was having you were a fucking moment. To whatever it was, though, like you right. Know what I mean, I, yeah, you whatever it is, which I want to believe it's, I don't know, higher energy or. The I, I self. like have to believe it's like our higher self, you know, our like higher that's self. what we're yeah. connecting yeah. to. Yeah, which I love. Whatever I love, that means. Like, whatever language you want to put to it. Yes. You're gonna and for me the intuition. language was intuition. I, like I intuition. love that actually. Yeah, my, I do too. That's something my therapist. I say my therapist gave me back my intuition, but really yes. I did. But she was like honey, you want to, she's like, you're a very intuitive person. Mm-hmm. I don't think she called me honey, but I called myself honey. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, honey. Listen up. Um, you're a very intuitive person. She's like, you can call yourself a fucking psychic, mm-hmm. but claim your intuition back yes. because that is a part of who you are. And that is something you threw away when you lost this God figure. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and that, I mean that, oh, I, just remember the moment of just sitting in that room and, and, and being like, fuck, I, I, it's me. I am this person who has experiences that are so valid. I just got shivers. Cause like in the Bible, like <laughs> God says, I am. And like, that's how he claims himself. And you were just that's claiming me. yourself like that. That's me. Cause you are, you are, your God, <laughs> which, you know? and it's, it's so funny. Cause I say this and we can talk about the whole, like how long it takes to reframe, re uh, why? wire your brain. Cause I, I say that and there's this tiny voice and it's gotten yes. a lot quieter, but yes, there's this girl. tiny voice that from my upbringing that goes, yep, that's what, that's what the secular people do. They think they're their own God. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I literally do think I'm my own God because God is a construct of the mind. Mm-hmm. God is a, fucking name it's a language tool i mean come on people well and here's the thing like in all of our worship songs that we sang it was always like god is indescribable like undefinable and yet here we are right after (laughs) singing you're giving me a speech about who god is you're defining him in front of me and i'm like you're literally going against yourself within five minutes of each other so like which one do i take well and and i think that's what's so beautiful about individualism Mm -hmm. and giving ourselves the chance to say quite literally everyone's gonna have a different idea of what god is because everyone's a different person which is crazy which i would hope (laughs) everyone can agree that like we all see god differently because they're like no matter what we're in the same room we're very connected but i do not know how you're thinking exactly and i like even though like i do feel like very connected to you your brain and my brain we both see god very differently exactly so how can we think that in a congregation of hundreds of people that the one person up on stage <laughs> right. is going to have the same idea mm-hmm. of God that we all have. It's just, well, and it also, doesn't make sense. Also like what a way to whitewash culture. Yes. Um, because, because really, I mean, and that's like a whole other component of the topic of religion, but for Christianity to take a historic text from a specific century, from a specific point in time, Mm -hmm. a specific people group. And then, I mean, it's canonized later. It wasn't even, I love they use word canonized. Yeah. It it comes back. It it was put together in a totally other climate for very specific, specific political strategy Mm -hmm. that supported the patriarchy that supported fucking docile thought mm-hmm. that supported the government that mm-hmm. supported 
agendas the agenda of the catholic church don't even get me started um the agenda of a a power play on that specific point in humanity and now we're in the 21st century and we're saying yeah let's just use this text it it still applies to us and it's so i mean we are different human beings as say as homo sapiens we are our brains are different than they were when that text was written and if you want to say that's not true we're gonna have to have a whole other discussion not you but like a listener or anybody Our world is just uh, well, because technology has completely changed right. how we interact with each other and the world around us. Right, and I think and that, that in and of itself, and is- I think that individualism gives us a chance to accept that and mm-hmm. and and pause and sort of revel in it and be like, oh yeah, yeah. this is a different time. Mm-hmm. I am a different person than has ever lived before. John is a different person than has ever lived before, and he's going to experience things that have never been experienced mm-hmm. by another human being, and never will. No. And, and once you give that, that life and that vitality and that, that depth back to every human life, mm-hmm. whoo, it is, I mean, it changes, it changes everything. It does. Um, it makes everything feel more rich and dynamic and, and beautiful. You know, I've, I still don't have a name for this podcast, but one word that I kept like wanting to like bring into it, I, and I hope this is true. I'm going to check, but it's Sonder. Ooh. And if I remember correctly, Sonder meant that like, you you realizing that everyone around you is having their own unique experience oh wow i love this i know and so obsessed with this word and yes <laughs> sonder um but i think that's like something that i wish hmm. every human could think about right just that like when you're looking in the mirror like you have your own experience of the mm-hmm. world when i look at you like you have your own experience of the world you have that experience in Germany in the middle of a field dancing <laughs> under God. Yeah. And I do not. Yeah. Yet we still have similar beliefs, but yeah. like I don't have that experience. And so yeah. like you're changed in a way that I like I just don't experience. So mm-hmm. it's just I want us to all understand that like we're all doing our best. <laughs> we're all going at our own pace. Yeah. And like that just needs to be okay. Yeah. And we're going to think different things. <sighs> Anyways, continue. No, no. That. That's it. I feel I love that we keep reaching these little baby climaxes in conversation yes. and they're all the same point. Like that's so true. You know, it's like, like, yes, we got yes, <laughs> we are doing our <laughs> best. Did. But I'm like, I, ca- I cannot say it enough and I because think I it. cannot hear it enough. Exactly. Because I, th- <laughs> I think even since that last time, I forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, need to, I literally need to remind myself. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. an individual. Oh, yeah, it's OK. Right. Yeah, 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 it's all right. right. And, and, and it's interesting because and that's where I go back to what I said about having this little voice in the background that like is trying desperately to devalidate Mm -hmm. where I currently stand in my view of humanity and say, you know, of course you think you're God because you rejected God, blah, blah, blah. Or like, um, of course you value individual experience because you're not looking at like supporting the whole, which Mm -hmm. that goes into my whole, like more of like a humanist perspective and how I believe that when individuals are fully individuals, they have a much higher capacity to support other individuals Mm -hmm. which we've already harped on this point. When I am more fully realized, you are more fully yes. realized. When I am more fully realized, everyone is more f- fully realized. And, right. it, and that's such a beautiful and harmonious concept and one that I see how religion is trying to do it. Like when I'm mm-hmm. saved, I want other people to be saved. But it's, it's using it's this very intentions. condensed language and this yes. very condensed bubble that isn't simply is not applicable to the human beings that are alive right now and trying mm-hmm. to live in what this life gives us right now (laughs) and again with the climax of the point 
you are doing your best. Yes, you are. <laughs> and so am I. Um, so going back to, so in Germany, in Germany, I, I ready, pray, love. I'm dancing in a field. I'm having all of these epiphanies. I'm, I went to this, it was an art school. It was an arts and mission school. And I went as a graphic designer, which is what I originally studied in school. Um, and when I got there, I was like, oh no, I felt like I had a vision that I was supposed to switch to doing music, mm. which is really interesting. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's cause that's what I wanted to do. Yes. So I made, I used the language tools that I had. Your to, subconscious mind was literally like, yes, here's actually what yeah. you want to do. Hey. My subconscious mind was like, you hey. don't want to sit in that room on that computer screen. You want to sit in the basement and play the piano for yes. nine hours a day. That's what you want. And so I made that change, which I credited to God. And I remember like talking to one of the leaders of the school and being like, you know, I had this dream last night that I saw myself playing the piano. Like I really tried to make it this very real. I was like, I have to prove to them that this is what I because you're using that language that you know right to describe your to experience, communicate, which is all a human is ever trying yes. to do is communicate our you want experiences. To feel validated. Yes. Yes, which is beautiful. It is. It's what we want. Mm -hmm. And so I switched to music, and so I started making music, and essentially it just gave me nine months of my life to make music, which is kind of ridiculous, because I and that's why I'm like, I, I want to look back at that and be like, oh, hell yes, what a great experience, mm -hmm. um, because it gave it was a time that I, I had to kind of rediscover what I wanted out of life, and yes. part of that was artistic artistic expression that I hadn't, given myself earlier in life because of certain parameters because I remember songwriting as a younger age and my father's a music teacher and an amazing mm. amazing musician and vocalist and I remember writing I mean I was writing like teenage angst songs like you know and I was writing all of these little jingles and I remember playing something for my dad once and him being like but I don't understand the lyrics like how do they and I, I could be misconstruing this but I'm gonna give myself the credit that this was the feeling that I got from it is that my lyrics weren't praising God enough <laughs> right yes um and my lyrics were too ambiguous they were too individualistic probably <laughs> to be to be applicable to other people like well if other people can't understand your lyrics what's the point of them oh. um and when it probably should be taken as more like poetry like right or or just anything and 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 i don't think that they, that my and that's where your parents are doing your best too okay their yes. best too you know it's like 100%. i'm not trying to condemn my parents and and i've forgiven a lot of like my childhood and i hope that they've forgiven me in my current state and yes. there there there's so many dynamics there but if we're all my parents are doing their best with their own constructs and how they were raised yes uh, but needless to say my music was always something that was in me but i didn't feel like there was room for it in the Christian society mm. that I had been functioning in. And in Germany, I was like, make way. Like here <laughs> is here. He I am. here I am. Here is what I have. I have the ability to make this music. And where do you th think that confidence came from? Uh, well, you know, my father is a very confident person. <laughs> <laughs> You think it's almost like it was ingrained in you I that think, like yeah, I think once that, you found that thing. Yeah. And I think there's so, again, I mean, human life is so complex and I am so grateful that you're validating my experience by having me share it. Like that's such mm -hmm. a beautiful opportunity because I think, you know, I could be like, well, yeah. And then I think that I admired my father because he was so extroverted and so career driven. And so that I picked up certain traits mm -hmm. of his in contrast with my mother who was more introverted and less active in the community and like how that impacted the fact that I want to, I mean, it's just like, 
the human experience is complex and there's so many nuances to why we make certain decisions in our life. So yeah. it's like, why was I so confident? Because I was. <laughs> yeah. <for> you, yes. <laughs> you know, it's like that for the zillions of baby steps that got me there. I was like, this is what I need to be doing right now. Um, and so and I'm go I'm I promise everything's connected. I believe everything's connected. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> everything is connected in this story because when I was in Germany, I'm reading Eat Pray Love, I'm in the music track. So when I got there, so everyone had limited internet at the at the school. Um, I think everyone was given like I don't know, forty minutes a day or something, or twenty minutes a day, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're supposed to connect to God, not the world or whatever. Exactly. Um, but the graphic design track, the graphic design school, they got five hours a day of internet because hell they were, yeah, yeah hell yeah, <laughs> those fucking designers, yes. secular bitches. <laughs> um, and so when I switched from graphic design to music, they didn't take away my internet. Ooh. Now this is huge. It, I promise you, this is a vital part of my story because I was like, hold on, I have access to, to tools that not everyone has access to. So I started studying other religions at this school with my five hours of internet. Mm. And I had a notebook where I would, I would look up a religious or philosophical thought, like something that I was like trying to prove or trying to figure out. I would look it up and I, I made all of these little meticulous notes, like the theory of relativity, cause and effect, like what's, what's going on here? Why is, what nations are actually following which religion? Mm. How many people in the world are Christian and how many aren't like, so I'm, I'm actually gathering all of this very specific knowledge in direct contrast to this mission oriented school that I'm in that is telling me go out, save the nations, Mm -hmm. use your art to save the world kind of thing. And then I'm like trying to be like, but what is the world? Like what's actually going on here? Interesting. Yeah. And, and that, I promise you that's the first time I thought like that. And I did it within this, this construct of logic because I thought that that's what I had to do because that's what I had seen my brother do. And that's what I had seen, I had seen either you have you are a fundamentalist religious thinker or you are a fundamentalist atheist. Yes. yes. And I was like, there is no in between Mm-mm. because at that time, that's all I saw. So I was like, if I'm having all of these thoughts and all of this like expression and then this person in Eat, Eat Pray, Love is having this spiritual experience and I think that the two are similar. Um, how can I prove that they're similar? And is it okay if I start thinking that they're similar? And mm-hmm. and I, I, again, I use the only language I knew. So I looked at religion and I was like, how do I figure out how to prove that the life I want to live is going to be okay? Mm. How can I prove that it's going to be okay? And so after Germany, I went back to school to study religion. Specifically. At our school. At your school. Again. <laughs> at my school. Again, which is so interesting because it's like, I mean, God, if I could go back and study religion at, Princeton or, (laughs) you know, a school that had a lot more resources, I would, but I I wouldn't because I cannot replace the life that I lived. And it would have been such even a different experience. Completely different experience because you were engulfed. Oh, I was in it. I was the teaching assistant for the theology department. I was the only female graduating my year in the theology. I was studying Greek, Hebrew. I was able to read. I I was getting into that shit. And what's so funny about it to me is that I was getting into all of that because I was like this this is how I prove that there's more to life do you and think, to my beliefs do you think you wanted to like believe in God yeah like, is of that course where I that did came from? well like you absolutely you're like yes. I want to prove that right. like I want to prove I that be- my experience is valid okay we all want that yeah and I want to be able to prove it to anybody because that's mm-hmm. what Christianity taught me 
be able to be able to answer yeah. to your actions, be able to answer to why you believe in God. And that's yes. why I memorized literally thousands of Bible verses at a young age. I mean, I was in that. I was doing, do. I was being quizzed yes. every week. Mm-hmm. I was in competitions. Yes. Um, and so we all were, you know, yes. I mean, and a lot of us were. And so I think that I was, I was searching for, and this is why I studied theology and philosophy and is because I was like, how do I explain what I want to experience in life? Mm. How do I validate it? And I'm still trying to validate it, but on someone else's terms, because yes. I wasn't at the point where I could validate it for myself yet. And so it was, you know, very quickly, very quickly, I become a universalist, but I'm at a religious institution. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at a, a conservative Christian institution. And so, man, it was kind of fun, but it was fucking hard. And this is why I think Tell we're talking about, about this podcast <laughs> is then we go into the debates that happen Mm -hmm. the debates that happen because everyone has different individualistic perspective and also all of the tools all of the language that christians are given to support their beliefs are so flawed and riddled riddled with inconsistencies Mm -hmm. especially once you get into studying linguistics how things are translated, how things are passed down historically. And it's so funny because um, if I can count the amount of times that people used, that theologians used the term paradox to describe an inconsistency in their religious thinking, I mean, it's just absurd. They're like, you know, it's the paradox of God. It's the paradox of God Mm -hmm. is that God cannot be understood. And I'm like, and yet you're devoting your life to studying this right. thing that can't be understood. Like what is going on here? And like, then how can you <laughs> even claim that? Like what you're saying how, is true. Right. And it, like, like, obviously the word of God is not infallible then because you literally just said it's infallible in a mystery, but yes, also, but it's not, it's not. Yeah. And God is the only thing that <laughs> makes any sense. Yes. Um, but it's a paradox alley. Yeah. So, you know, get over it. And it's just, <laughs> it's just one of those things. But, um, but I learned, so I'm in this bubble. I'm in this middle of nowhere, Literally, literally um, in this bubble, I'm trying to have pull all of my spiritual experiences that I had in Germany of like this enlightenment and this spiritual guidance. And I'm like, I was having visions. I believed in intercessory prayer. I believed in like um, prophetic mm-hmm. enlightenment. I believe that you could like tell the future yes. um, for yourself. I believe that you could intercede for others. Um, on behalf of them to God, like I could help you talk to God, for example. I mean, it was just very hyper spiritual kind of phase of my belief system. Um, and then, and then I was going, I was going (laughs) to the library and studying the fucking logic and structure of this religion. It it was all a paradox. Mm -hmm. I'm having all these experiences and then I'm writing hundred page papers about how the how the (laughs) the the bible was canonized you know it's just like it's just like i'm so i'm doing both at the same time and pretty soon it was harder and harder to excuse the contradictions that kept coming up Uh, where there wasn't room for individualism in the christian experience there was not room actually for the way that i was experiencing god in religion in a christian and, worldview and that's always what made me sad is that there's not that like open forum right for these types of conversations and in, and some christians will say that's not true I, but yes. but for us that was that true. was our reality yeah yes was that and that's why we go back to 
meeting on Sundays at a coffee shop Mm -hmm. with three people and being like, it's okay to have doubts. Yes. Was so huge and it for our so brains. Simple. It's so simple, but it's so huge. It's liberating. This is a safe space to question your experience, mm-hmm. to ha- critically think about your individual take on your reality. Yeah. There's nothing more important than that. No. And I remember thinking, like, I remember thinking, like, the moment I start questioning everything, I'm going to feel guilty hmm. but i felt the exact opposite i felt freed and i felt like this like I, I felt my intuition for the first time in such a long time being like yeah like keep going it's the renaissance of the and human like, experience you're like i need to like ask more questions yes. like, like once you ask that first mm-hmm. question it's a domino effect oh yeah and it's one of those once again truths like once you think it you can't go back and that's mm-hmm. what it was for me and god and religion like i just i felt so and i felt like god was encouraging me to do that yeah Well, and here's something that I'll ask you and would ask myself Mm -hmm. in order to answer it. (laughs) Here's a question I'm going to give you so you can ask me. Um, Is did you in this process feel like you wanted to go back but Mm. couldn't? Um, Like, was there any point where you're like, I now that I've asked all these questions, like I can't go back into the into not not having asked these questions. And honestly, I never wanted to. Okay, there was never that point for me where I looked back being like, I want to be back there. I, yeah. I kind of just like leaned forward and mm-hmm. that's kind of how I saw it was like, if I stand straight up, I'm not going to go anywhere. Yeah. But if I even just lean one degree, then forward, you'll fall into the crevice of doubt. Then, yes. <laughs> Full well, circle. Then you have to move forward. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no stopping you. Like you're the momentum and the gravity of it will take you forward. And mm-hmm. I wanted that. Like it was such like a drug to me. I was like, yes, like I want to like lean Teach into more, this because yeah. this is where I feel invigorated and, where I feel like truth is because I never, I never got that feeling in religion. Mm-hmm. And like once I had that feeling, I was like, this is what it's about. Yeah. This is what I've been searching for. And it's when I'm questioning the thing that I thought would give it to me. So like, what is that? Yeah. So. Well, I, so be- question good for you, you yes. to lean in. <laughs> now ask it to me. Yes. Um, because this you is something. This is something I processed is like I, I, I relate to. Um, yes, to wanting to lean in because I fucking leaned in. Did. I did. I leaned in. I was like, like, yeah, let's get a, gr- a degree in this shit. Like, who cares? I was you like, more I was lean. You were like, I was like, <laughs> well, I wanted to be a religious scholar. Like, I and wanted to be a been. professor of religion. You would have been a great one. And I think I am in a way. Let's yes, girl, high five that. <laughs> you are. I'm like, let me just validate myself right now. Um, but in that, I am a, I am a. Th- a philosophical thinker i'm a thinker and i'm i'm a supporter of humans and that includes the religious experience so i think as it should be you know as it should be and is something that i didn't give my permission for in the past and like i hope us talking about this stuff isn't devaluing anyone else's experience right of course i hope you understand you see that like we're talking about it in the sense of like every human does have a different experience we're not here to devalue yours right we're just letting you know what ours was because because that's that's what it that's was. That's the point. <laughs> there it is. And we had this shared experience, <laughs> and it meant a lot to us, and yeah. it changed us in such a powerful way. Um, but yeah, it's not to devalue yours. Yeah. Uh, so ask me the question. Um, <laughs> did, did I want to go back? Did you want to go back? Yes. So that, and I bring this. <laughs> Thank you for asking, John. Yes, I did. Yes, John. So since you brought this up, <laughs> um, I'd love to touch on the topic that I wanted so badly to go back at so many points in this transition back to when it was easy Hmm. 
back to when it was easy. And I feel like now I'm at a spot like the fact that I am sitting here sharing it means that it is becoming a whole hell of a lot easier than it's ever been. Like I am very grateful to be at the phase in my beliefs that I am right now. Mm. And I'm excited for what's going to continue. But it does not mean that I have days where I'm sitting. I mean, just the lower depressive days where you're just like, fuck, I don't have an answer for anything. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't I go back to having an answer? I may not have wanted to go back, but I grieved that. Yes. Very strong. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe that's what I want to touch on is that that grief component, um, which gets devalidated by a lot of people within your religious community Mm -hmm. on your way out because they're like, oh, yeah, you're having these doubts. Well, you'll come back. Oh my god! <laughs> it, literally, if I had I'm a just, dime for every time I heard that, because yeah. that was my experience right after, uh, I, right after we graduated, mm. when I got out of that Christian bubble, I was like for the first time in an environment that did not have any like I was not required to do anything. God, yeah, my bubble popped, yeah, and like once that bubble popped. Um, since at, at school we did kind of, I started that domino effect, Mm -hmm. but I had that domino effect under this bubble with this cushion. Right. Oh, I like that term. So then when I was outside of that, that those dominoes were falling and I had no cushions and I had nothing. I was not prepared for the world that was now my reality. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I am kind of angry about our education, which is, is that I graduated at 23 years old and i was so unprepared for the Mm. real world i was so unprepared unprepared to deal with not only the real world but also the real god like i don't feel like we were given that and so when reality hit me and i you know realized what reality was Mm -hmm. in the world like i grieve the fact that i could never go back to that because i long for it yeah you know well and i think yes first of all your anger is valid thank you because it's a part of your experience yeah and it's okay to grieve that like Mm -hmm. i needed to i need to give that i feel like daily i have to give myself permission for that yes um and that helps me acknowledge where I am now and who I am now. Totally. Again, harping on these points, doing mm-hmm. my fucking best, doing, best. doing my best. Um, and I think that it's so knowing that you're coming out of a bubble, but still sort of relying on that bubble or that I'm going to say psychological processes mm-hmm. that were set up for you, these constructs that were set up for you to try to validate what you're experiencing now. So even the fact that we're using language that's like, when I was out in the real world, like what's hilarious about that is that you were always technically in the real world. Right. You know, but it's but, clouded, but it's clouded and it's and it's and it's separate it, it really because is. you were it's... because you were trying constantly being told the world, the secular other, you know, the unsaved, this the unbelievers, the them. not us and them just constantly separating your constantly being taught to separate yourself from this other thing. And then suddenly you're in that thing and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's my support? And I'm not just talking like physical support. No. I'm talking where are my psychological processes yes. to get me through this time? I, hadn't I don't know how to talk about mental health. I don't know how to talk about fucking surviving as a, with an identity because all of it was wrapped up in religion. This is is my entire experience. Yes, I lost every part of my identity, Mm. and I'm sure you did as well. Um, Yeah. Identity is what gives us 
vibrance. Yes. Vitality. I mean, the intersectional intersectionality of identity is like massive topic yes. in in the world <laughs> right now. World. Um, but how we're we're kind of we're seeing all of our identities merge to give us this individuality mm-hmm. and this ability to express our thoughts and like what we need. That's why we title ourselves in different political parties. That's why we title ourselves in gender. That's why we title ourselves in sexuality. Yes. We're trying to we need those labels. Yeah, we're trying to prove that like we have a valuable a valid, a seen identity that mm-hmm. we are seen and we are validated. And especially for me, and it seems like also for you, when so much of your identities are tied into this one that is, I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. I am a religious person. I right. am a follower of Jesus. And then you lose that identity. You're like, did I even crumbles. have any other identities? No. Yeah. I wasn't taught that I had anything else. Because all of my other identities were wrapped up in that big one. You are a sinner. You are, you are it goes, you are a human. You are a sinner. You are a Christian. Did you have that moment where it all crumbled and you were left with nothing? Well, and 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 here's what's so <laughs> for me, and I touched on this already, is that I transitioned into universalism mm-hmm. on my way out. And so I remember explaining to someone early on that I'm like, okay, so Christianity was this bubble. And like I was born into the center of the bubble, like the safest place, mm-hmm. the one where you're just like, cu- there's so much cushion. Like yes, you say cushion so and there's I. so much cushion because you're in the middle. And when that bubble hits, you're in the middle. So mm-hmm. s- the impact is absorbed by the exterior. It's yes. like when you drop an egg off a building. Do you remember? Did you have to do oh, yes, that? Yes, we did the egg drop. Right? The egg drop. And you're like trying to protect this egg by cushioning with things that will take the impact. Yes. And those things that will take the impact are logic and reasoning and structure and and biblical text and all of these things that and and family and community and fellowship and all of these things that are going to cushion the impact of you hitting the world and then you decide to step out Mm -hmm. of that encasing and you are just an egg plummeting towards cement you are and you are going to crack yes (laughs) you are going to crack open and your guts will spill on that cement and that and that's something that i'm like oh ah so harsh ali but that is real and that is a valid part of for me and for you Mm. the experience of leaving christianity and leaving this religion religious cushion and this religious construct that takes the impact is that you're left with almost nothing mm-hmm. and you have this thin little shell and, you have to re- and you're like, hold you on, like what even is going And now yeah. I think I'm like, I'm in a spaceship now I'm flying. Like my egg is, is doing well. Oh, mine but, was you know, <laughs> scrambled, but, on but it was sidewalk. scrambled on the sidewalk yeah. for quite some time. Oh yeah. Um, and, and so I explained that I was in this bubble, I was in this cushion and I start I start growing up and I start moving my way towards the edge of the circle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm in Germany. I'm somewhere in the middle of the circle. I start studying other religions. I get pretty close to the edge of the line. Suddenly I am at the line. I am literally riding this line. I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian universalist, Mm -hmm. which I found out was a term. So I was like, so into it. Oh yeah. Because anybody can be a, a, hold to a religious value and then add the term universalist to it because it's basically saying like, Oh, I'm a Buddhist universalist. I'm a agnostic universalist. I am a, you can, so I was like, cool into the titles. Cause that again, that's the language I yes. could speak. So I was like, okay, I'm a universe. I'm a Christian universalist. And so that's me writing the line. And then I was like, why do I even have the term Christian on this? Why do I have to stop here? Why stop here? And so I took the term Christian off and I was like, I think I'm just a universalist. And I had a religious professor who 
is an amazing man who was fired from the institution. So no one is surprised. Um, <laughs> no, no, because because he was a huge part of this this particular process of stepping over the line because I studied religion with him with under under his his um, guidance and he he knew that I loved religion like he knew that I loved other religions mm-hmm. and so we we're studying religion of the world religions of the world and we I remember visiting a Sikh temple um, so we were studying Sikhism mm-hmm. and I loved it i was living for the sikh religion because yes. they're a very peaceful people um there's so much to that specific religious so much tradition thought. a lot of tradition which also is why christian orthodoxy is i still have a lot of reverence for orthodoxy mm. because there is a lot of um tradition in this kind of like sacred communion between you and and yeah. a deity which i again view as like communion with yourself right. um so a lot of poetry and a lot of just like beautiful rich language that comes out of um orthodoxy but also in in sikhism i'm visiting this temple and i am i am soaking it up they fed all of us afterwards they invited us to a meal um after the service i had a woman that sat next to me in the service to translate the entire thing for me you remove your shoes you're sitting on the floor cross-legged for the whole thing um there's just so much rich language and like vibrant color used there's altars which i of course was fascinated by Mm -hmm. because i'm like well that's pagan right but yes you know and, and and we're meant to be studying these religions specifically to prove them wrong i would yes. assume because we're at a christian yeah. college interesting thought i never thought about it like that i mean why else so the woman just translated for you oh, she they trans- fed you they fed me and so i had this really this amazing experience in this other religion which and and that was really um encouraged was to like go have these other experiences was this by the professor yes okay. well and the professor that was fired yes and so i and it was this joke uh between us whenever we studied new religion he would ask me uh, so Ali, are you are you that religion now? And I was like, how did? I'm a like, great little, I, like, it's it was amazing. Ask. He's like, he's like, he so he's you. like, so are you a Sikh now? Because I was like so, in, I was you like, oh my god, this. I was soaking it up, yeah. and that's what I did in Germany too. I was using my five hours of internet yeah. to fucking soak as much shit up as I could, mm-hmm. because I was like, there's got to be more to this human experience than the terms I already have, and so, um, and and again, my my sheltered or my like smaller bubble experience didn't give me the language tools to understand the in quotes real world. And so when I'm or other individual perspectives. Yes. And I was thinking about it really, it does go back to the language. It's not that it didn't prepare us, but it didn't give us the other languages we would need in the world. To communicate. Yeah. And to explore and understand and validate yourself. Correct. Basically. Um, and so, yeah, so he, he would joke with me like, oh, are you a Sikh now? Or, oh, are you like an Orthodox Jew now? (laughs) You know, are you just, Mm -hmm. are you a Buddhist now? Like, of course you're a Buddhist. And I like, what a pleasant man. And I'm like sort of toying with the idea of like plugging him again, but I don't know if he works at a Christian university again or where he is. So I don't want to fuck that shit up for him again. Um, but what an amazing individual and someone who impacted me by just allowing me the space to be like, yeah, if you're a Sikh, like, go for it. Yes. And he he was he was also one. I mean, talk about intelligence mm-hmm. out off the spectrum. This is a extremely extremely intelligent man, very high IQ, and so his capacity for storing information um, was just 
so extreme and something that I really admired and like kind of looked up to. Um, and so he would constantly like reference things in like mid conversation. Like he would just be like, Oh yeah. And then, and he went to Duke. Um, and, and he, he would just be like, Oh yeah. Um, you know, this text or this philosopher, this theologian says this. I mean, he just constantly knew how to like broaden your thought about one topic by referencing all these other perspectives. Mm. And so that gave me a chance, I think in some space to realize how much, how many resources there are in the world that of people and individuals and different thought groups trying to explain the human experience and in that way it kind of gave me permission to be like oh there's more language out there like there's more i can do and so again with that transition from being a christian to being a christian universalist to being a universalist unitarian to being a humanist well i became an atheist first let me tell you (laughs) or agnostic and then Mm -hmm. atheist and then humanist you know i'm just like constantly trying to apply an identity or a language and using these tools i have to try to communicate and prove that my existence is is worthwhile worthwhile and valuable Mm. um what did you at that point know like an end goal of what you were looking for no okay Uh, my end goal i was it like a feeling i'm wondering like are we chasing a feeling oh oh and this is i keep hopefully circling back to some points that i've brought up in the past so when i was talking to that group of strangers last week yes plugging social studies, social studies. Um, I was able to process a little bit what I thought was a revelatory thought, um, which was that I was, I've always tried to prove my feelings with like logic mm-hmm. instead of just letting. And so what the Holy Spirit and my, uh, my, my experience with the Holy Spirit did was give me a lot, whole lot of feelings, crying every day, <laughs> journaling all the time having all these visions, having all these thoughts. And then, and then it didn't really, I I couldn't find things to prove. Mm. I didn't have the language. I was like, there's no logic for this. Yeah. This is intuition. This is like life experience. This is individualism that I now know. Um, those are the terms I use now, but at the time I was just like, uh, what are these things? Mm -hmm. And whatever they are, they somehow they seem more real than all of these other structures. So when you ask if I had an end goal, um, and what I again said last week to these strangers was that I didn't have an end goal in leaving religion and like, uh, starting to think more openly about sexuality and like all of these other things that I think now I didn't have the end goal of being this person that I am now, but I had the end goal of following the road out. Like my end goal was like, keep, keep going. And, and I told, and everyone who is close to me, everyone who's close to me and who knows me well and who I am open with knows that I am a huge advocate of change Mm -hmm. and the malleability of the human being um, that I believe if you stop changing, that that is where you die. That is where you stagnate. Um, And honestly, that's where religion got to me. It was a stagnant. It was a stagnancy. Right. I had no more language. I was like, there's, there's nothing else to say here. Yes. You've you've heard it all, read it all. Right. There's no more growth for us. Right. Well, and, and, and it's funny because again, little voice in the back saying, oh yeah, Ellie, like fucking ego. You think you read it all and saw it all and you understand all religion. Again, this was my experience. This is the tools I had. This is me doing my best. Yeah. And what finally got me from being a Christian to being a universalist was I genuinely believed with my entire existence, with all of my heart, that it was going to be more loving to not be a Christian Mm. than to be a Christian, both to myself 
and to the world. Because what I ended up finally seeing in Christianity was that it was closed off. It was too small and did not leave enough room for the individual and for the human collective in a loving and peaceful way. Mm. And so, and, and, and so my end goal, my end goal was to experience more life and more love. So if, if, if you want me to have an end goal, but on the way there, I'm just looking at it as like, wait a second. If I take this Christian title off of my, myself, it gives me more opportunity to love. And I had some, some, that is so powerful. Oh, it was, Oh, it was massive. And you know what? It was atheist friends of mine who Mm. taught me that because I had friends at this school of 1100 students who were atheists because of, you know, various different reasons that got them there. Because again, life is so complex. We're all in places for different reasons. Give yourself some fucking credit for being there. Don't be embarrassed. Yes. Um, And so I had atheist friends who were some of the most loving people I had ever met. And I remember growing up that a lot of my um, family on my dad's side are not Christian. My dad is the only Christian out of his five siblings. Mm. And um, I remember when I was young being like, well, if grandma, grandma is not a Christian. So like she, how can she love me? Cause I thought love belonged to God and oh. Christianity. Cause and that's what I was taught. God, you don't know love. Yeah. And I remember being told, and again, this is like me translating my child mm-hmm. thoughts and perception, but this is what I pulled from my childhood is that I was told that, um, God gives them love for you, but it's coming from God, but they can't, they don't, they can't experience the love the way that Christianity can basically. Mm. So I was like, so what you're saying is, that they don't actually love me, but God loves me through them. And if they were Christian, they would understand that and therefore love me more. Like it was just this whole, yeah, it, it's, it's backwards. And especially for a kid, it's fucking confusing. Yes. And I'm like, also grandma's a Democrat. So what does that yes. mean? <laughs> I mean, can you liberal. explain this? <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, and so again, like when I was transitioning out of Christianity, one of the biggest things was that I was like, Oh, these people in my life who are atheists and who are frankly more loving and more accepting and Mm, less judgmental than the Christians in my life. I was like, why isn't there room for them in this, this structure in this language? And because there's not room from them, I don't want to be here. Yes. And I had an atheist friend who she actually, this was huge because she kind of, um, put me in my place in the process, which I'm so grateful for because I, I needed those people even yeah. who kind of did like a check on me. Um, cause when I came back from Germany, um, and I was going to be a resident assistant at the school, I was hired to be a resident assistant. So I had a whole floor we of were the same year. baby Christians. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is how we got close to Yes. Um, I had a whole floor of baby Christians, um, you to help guide. Freshman, didn't you? Mm-hmm, I all did. Uh, I had all freshmen and, um, and I, uh, I had a friend from, cause I was coming back to school and I had a friend who needed a roommate and asked me if I wanted to room with her and she was an atheist. Oh. And I said no, because I was like, I need to make sure that my, cause I felt pressure that my, I, I had this, this preconceived notion that my room had to be this like safe mm. space mm-hmm. for other Christians and that oh. if I roomed with an atheist, that that would cause some sort of conflict. So it was. So it was others, kind of not yourself. That it you was were others, about? but also me. I mean, oh, okay. the, it it was. I'm not gonna like play the saint by any means. Like I 
I was being fucking judgmental mm. and I was doing my best. Like I was just like, Oh, but I need, I'm, you know, I was trying to like, please people please and try to figure yeah. this out. But in the process, I hurt somebody who is a very loving person who is very close to me, who was like, you just told me, and she told me this to my face. You just told me I wasn't good enough for you mm. because of a title, because I'm not a Christian. You don't even want to live with me. Wow. And I had to eat. I had to put my foot in my mouth because I, I mean, it, it fucking breaks my heart now. And I, I remember like for years after that, every time I saw her just being like, I just want you to know, like, I'm so sorry mm. for that because, and again, I'm not trying to play the saint because like, but for me, it's like, and, and that was a huge part of it. And I had another friend who was an atheist. you know better and you do better. And you just didn't know right. better and then. Right, and I did not know better. And when you did, And I was trying to do my best. It. And I did something. I was doing my best. And she was doing her best. And she was living. And we're all doing it. And thank goodness for human empathy mm-hmm. and human the human ability to empathize with someone else's experience and forgive them. Yes. Or, I mean, I use the term forgiveness. Like, what a loaded term. But yes. also... You know, understand. That's why I like the word empathy because it's like, yes, we can understand. We yes. can. I can see you and say, you were doing your best. Yeah. And so was I. Right. And thank goodness for that. Yes. Um. And so, so again, so I leave religion. I'm like, I think that there's more love outside of religion. Yeah. But I held on, or outside of like one religion. So I held on to God though. So when I became a universalist, I still believed in God. And I remember telling my husband, which that's like a whole other thing because I got married at a very young age and Mm -hmm. partially to please a religious construct also um, because his parents are missionaries and my parents are conservative and everybody had an opinion about sexuality and marriage and intimacy and all of these things. Um, But I did marry my best friend and we are happily married with a lot of complexity to our marriage and our Mm -hmm. partnership. That's really beautiful and and really exciting. But, um, for, I remember telling my husband, you know, don't worry. Cause I, when I married him, he was a Christian and I was not. And I remember telling him, don't worry. I still believe in God. And that was like this, this thing that I was just like, I mean, I still believe in God. So like, it's okay. Um, do you think that was for you or for him? Uh, it was for both. And yeah. that's where that whole like grieving. Cause like, I didn't want to let go of God. God was awesome. And I'm told my therapist this. I'm like, God was fucking everything, which is why when people doubt the fact that leaving religion was hard for me, like it was some whim I had. I'm just like, okay, go read my 20 journals where I am pouring my fucking guts out to this God figure who was everything to me. God was everything to me. God gave me vitality, life, existence, experience. God was everything. And, and, and when you lose that, it's, you are gone. And that's I was the gone. grief I was talking about. Like yeah. I, gr- like during that whole process, like I, um, all of my sense of identity went away mm-hmm. and died. Like we talked about, yeah. I grieve God's death more than I grieve my own. Right. Because it, like when you grow up in religion, like God is like, you need air to breathe. You need food to eat. Oh, that's and you how need it's God presented to, to you as and a so, baby. Yeah. And so then when, when God is gone, you yeah. just like, you're gone. Yeah, you just you just don't get what life is. And it's very hard to explain to someone that did not grow up Mm -hmm. in a religious atmosphere because you just don't realize like this is oddly like a person in your life that 
is now gone. Yeah. And you have to grieve that is, death. Is your best friend and is how I now understand is you. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's because it's, it's like when kids have imaginary friends. Yes. You are creating this whole being, this entity that you communicate, you commune with, you exist with, you yes. you make decisions by. I mean, I process fucking everything. And I'm when like, you're lonely, I'm like, let like, me just pass this by God. <laughs> in my loneliest times, and I'm like, no yeah. one else is around. I have God. Is God. Right. When I had no one else to talk to, I had God. Right. So like when you get to that point where God doesn't exist in your mind, you're like, when I'm lonely, I'm just fucking lonely. I'm just fucking lonely. When I have no one to talk to. I just have literally no one to fucking talk to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is a dark place to be. It's in. a dark place to be for someone who doesn't know that they can commune with themselves. Yes. And <laughs> you then know, when you I, are like when you are then depressed and yeah. down and mm -hmm. you have that mentality of like, I just have nothing. That's where I got to my darkest yeah. times where I'm like, I do just want to walk into the ocean and never come out. You know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> And the darkness. <laughs> and, the um, darkness. and drowning in the ocean. Yes. Um, plugging in one of my songs, by the way, that talks That's about it. that. Um, no, but so so when I I was I told my husband, I told my fiance at the time, uh, I'm never gonna lose God, don't worry. And then I marry this man and immediately I'm like, Okay, God the name God doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so uh, he's like, well, what about love? You know, like, what oh. about that? You know, God is love. What a great partner and, that would say that. Oh, he is the shit. Right. I have a great partner in life. Yes, um, but but he, shameless plug for Anthony husbands. Frederick. <laughs> Not husbands, because yeah, I don't really believe mean. in, like, marriage anymore. But companionship, companionship love, partnership, intimacy. Yes. Connection. Connection. Um, human but connection. Specifically, Anthony Frederick. Specifically <laughs> plugging the ginger the gin. who shares a life with me yeah. um but he he said what about love and and he was going through his own journey sure. of because he's not religious anymore either and he but, also went to our same school yes so. and so he and he was a missionary kid for goodness yes. sake i mean there's like these a whole other expectations there and processes and um and what a different layer than even we have <sighs> you know what i mean like when yes. we're talking about everyone having a different yeah. experience yes this is someone that like just had a, yes. a completely different layer yes. well and also neither of us had to an yes, experience behind. yes and 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 also and that and it's there's a beautiful point there too is that uh the way that he viewed a god figure was so different than mine because he looked at god as a more like a uh, mentor or authoritative like figure or like yes. um sort of like a guide and i viewed god as like uh a partner <laughs> frankly yes. like a, an intimate partner or a best friend or like mm -hmm. um just my person yes uh, this is my being this is which this turns is out being. it is it's me yeah, but yes. um <laughs> self-love self -love. plugging self-love um but and so so he goes what about love and i was like okay yeah let's do that for a while so mm -hmm. you can even see when you look back at my journals that I start transitioning my language to speaking to love when I was talking to God. So I'm talking about love and like how love gives me being and love gives me essence. And then pretty soon, uh, that didn't make any sense either. Cause I'm like, what is love? And like, why is this? That's a, just another like language tool. And so yes. then that, that, for, that is when I finally was like, I'm an atheist. And, and that was a really interesting point in my partnership because my partner, was had just left christianity and was universalist and now i'm an intense atheist so like that <laughs> like how you describe yourself as an intense atheist. <laughs> oh, but i was because yes. because again that goes back to using the language i had where i'm like yes. i finally have gotten to the point where i'm like i have to prove that 
all of this is is false well and i have to prove it to the christians too it's just like you at your sleepover like when yeah. you thought that god or religion was telling people about jesus yeah it's the same with if you're going to go into atheism you're going to do the same i'm going to do it again i'm going to do i'm going to be a fundamental yes <laughs> and it's- so i'm like richard dawkins christopher hitchens like these really intensive scholars of atheistic thought mm-hmm. who frankly kind of uh, create their own religious branch in a way, yes. which is very, I mean that, and, and I hesitate to like go into that, but it, it does circle back to this whole identity construct where it's we start s- attaching ourselves. We, we are taught to attach ourselves to identity. So we just find another one to replace it's very it. Slippery. It is. And, and to me, uh, I got to a point in, in sort of this like intense in quotes, um, atheism where I was like, well, this isn't loving either. Mm hmm. Um, cause it wasn't cause I thought people were stupid. Um, and I started looking at people who were religious as idiots. Sure. And, and I remembered when what my older brother, how quickly did that come from when you were like, yeah. I can't love people <laughs> enough in this religion yeah. to literally, I can't love them Yeah, in this part of yeah, my belief because system. I'm like, they're idiots. Yeah. And I remember my older brother telling me I was stupid. Mm. So, and so, and I, and that's like, that hit me. Cause I was like, wait, I'm oh, doing wow. the same thing. And, and can, I wonder, like, so I'm just having the thing where, like, <laughs> if you're if you were not treated that way, mm. if you would have thought yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, who you, knows the complexity of the nuances of and, our cause and effect. Yes, and the way we navigate our existences is so beautiful. It really is, and yeah. um, so vital to acknowledge. And just going back to like, sometimes you need the struggle to have the good. And yeah. honestly, that's why. Like when you were talking about struggle before, I kept thinking like, I do think in our human experience, we're not ever going to be without struggle Mm -hmm. and that we need struggle. I mean, this is a a common concept, but like we need struggle to enjoy the good. Yeah. And like without the contrast. (laughs) Yeah, we do need like because for some reason that's how our minds are. And so without one or the other, like life would just be stagnant. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that we have to get to a point where we just accept that struggle is going to happen and that we need it to happen. Well, and accept that so, change, change. Yeah. Needs and maybe to that's happen. what it is. Maybe it's yeah. not struggle. And maybe it's that's change. it. Maybe it's change, which we, we interpret as this big struggle it's because it is literally thing. moving from one, you know, moment or position or thought space into another. And it's, it's change and, that's and change. That's an aha moment for me. Just this moment. <laughs> like it, it is, it's a language thing. Like yeah. in our language, I've been thinking in my mind that change is str- like, struggle Interesting. that change in my life is correlates to being struggle correlate, yeah but really if you can twist it almost pos- it's a right. more positive spin on it but really whenever you think you're struggling in quotes you just have to you're changing you're changing you have to embrace that and yeah. just kind of go you got to lean into it like yeah. we're talking about it's literally like hello we are nourished in a womb birthed as this tiny little creature yes. with so many complex little things and then we change from day one, we're still going to be changing. We we're, evolve. We are constantly changing. It is an inerrant part of who we are as humans. So if we can look at that, and it, I mean, you, growing pains, hello, is a real thing mm-hmm. because it hurts for your bones to grow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a tall person, so I'm sure you had growing pains as Lots an adolescent. Of pain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots of Lots pain of, in of my struggle joints. and change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're going to have that joint pain again. And I have experienced that pain. Yeah. And we could go, I mean, there's pain in life. Yes. We can acknowledge that. But we're all doing our best, right? Sure ching. Cha um, ching. There's my point. Um, self love. Self love. <laughs> I just want to plug self love. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, yes. Yeah, so becoming an atheist 
I realized, oh yeah, this again is a point where there's not enough room for love. Mm. Um, and there's not enough room for accepting everyone in their journeys, Mm. including my own. Um, and so I start straying away from that. And of course there's so many complexities there and I'm like, I guess I could be an agnostic. And I remember it was so funny because I was living in Tennessee at the time, um, which is not worth talking that's just i mean it's worth it because it's a part of my life but it's just not necessary to bring up right now Mm -hmm. living in the south with conservative southern people is a whole other uh experience um and one that's vital and taught me a lot um as all parts of your life does living with this group of people outside Outside of of it yeah and well and that was huge for me is just introducing myself as someone that wasn't religious for the first time which i had someone uh, this this younger girl did i your face like it's just gonna be like (laughs) well and 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 also she was doing her best right Mm -hmm. but um this younger woman at a place that i worked in tennessee um found out i wasn't religious and and it was the day before easter and we were alone what the The lord Lord is risen risen. and we were alone and she she kind of sidles up to me at the place I was working and she goes, she goes, Allie, um, um, can I ask you a question? Like kind of nervously. And, and I was like, yeah, of course, you know, and, and I say, of course, but I was fucking terrified of Christians because I was like, if we get into it, it's going to be this whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) And so I would just often let people think I was Christian or whatever. Cause everyone in the South assumes you're a Christian. If you're nice, that's just how it's part of being Southern is that you believe the Bible, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm not trying to, I want to backstep because I do not want to come off as categorizing an entire group of people to, that's a stereotyping thing. Sure. If you live in the South, you are still an individual and and have your own thoughts. Like I just want to validate that, but, and at that time, that's how you, but at the time that is part of my process, I was doing my best. And so she sidles up to me and she's like, so I heard, so you're not a Christian. Like you're not a Christian. The balls this woman has. Yeah, I know. I'm like, and I was her manager. So I was like, yeah, even better. (laughs) And so she goes, yeah, she goes, um, she goes, so like, what does Easter mean to you? And it was so, it was amazing. It was really amazing. And Mm. I don't want to roll my eyes at it because I'm like, because she was like, I've never, was she genuinely asked? She was genuinely asking because she had never talked to a non-Christian about it. She was like, I've never really talked to like a non-believer. Well, okay, but but see, and and that was a part of her experience, and a yes. part of her bubble, and a part of her contract. Honestly, and I good for I, her. Exactly, and so she's just like, "What does it mean to you?" And I was like, "Okay, like, how can I respond to this in love, and respond to this in acknowledging her individual process in the way that other atheists responded to me when I was a Christian and didn't understand yeah. things." Um, Did it, you think that through as she? Like, <laughs> I mean, that, I, I know probably not I'm that like all of but that. Is that what you were feeling? I think that's what I was feeling. I was okay. like this, and and also I was feeling bravery for me, where again, like I wasn't at that point very comfortable telling Christians I wasn't a Christian. Like I felt outed in a way because I'm like, oh God, I'm outed, so now we might fight <laughs> or something, or, you know. Right. And so I, I, that was a part where I silenced myself a lot. Um, which again was part of not being able to claim my story and validate it because I was ashamed. Um, and so, and so when she asked me, what do I do on Easter? And I was like, you know what? Like, um, Easter isn't, you know, Christianity claims an element of Easter as their own as like in, in support of like their, um, religious celebrations or their beliefs, but Easter is celebrated in a lot of different ways by a lot of different religions. And, Mm -hmm. um, what I now know and what you can like 
research hello google like you can learn so much about anything on google but you know easter was actually like a initially a pagan um ritual (laughs) um that christianity claimed yeah and and so um kind of like a spring festival in in different pagan cultures and so um but we we not not we but christianity claimed it as their own and so but i i didn't say all of that but i said something to the (laughs) i said something to the effect of everyone celebrates that day differently Mm -hmm. and so for me it means a day off because all everything's closed and it means and i said i'm going to decorate eggs because it's fun and i'm an artist and it's exciting and we're gonna hide them because it's fun and so we're gonna do it and i'm gonna i'm gonna celebrate it with friends Mm. so and we're gonna make a meal together because that's fun and exciting and and connective and and i said and i'm probably gonna eat jelly beans because i love jelly beans so I was like, this is going to be a good day for me. And this is what it means to me is that it's a good day. Mm. And that's enough, you know. And and it, I don't know what she thought. <laughs> She's like, this pagan. But, yes. <laughs> woo, she is wow. brainwashed. See in hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but but it was, it was a good moment for me to uh, validate my own um, ability to claim Claim a day however I needed to claim it. And for that to be okay. And for that to be enough. Yeah. It's enough that it's a day off from work. Yes. And that there's jelly beans on sale afterwards for like 50 cents at Walgreens. (laughs) So you better believe. Exactly. I was like trying not to plug the brand. (laughs) But I'm like Starburst jelly beans. Wow. Uh, I wish I had some right now. I do too. Easter's coming up. I bet you there's some at Walgreens. (laughs) You're right. They get very (laughs) early. I know. Valentine's Day is first, I guess. Um, but yeah, so uh, so that that and honestly, I think I'm 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 like wondering why I just brought that up, but I think that I did bring it up because it was one of the first chances where I got to vocalize the fact that it was going to be okay. Mm. Um, it's probably you telling yourself. That's it was what I okay yeah. Too. That's like, what I mean. Like yeah. I was just like, yeah, this is going to be a good day for me, and then and then trying to apply kind of that same mindset to the rest of my life of like it's going to be okay that I'm, I don't have God anymore. And I didn't, I, again, it's very recent in the last year where I feel like I'm actually doing okay with that because I was, I very thoroughly processed it within a therapist's office and with my partner and with some really dear friends and community. Um, and now you on this bed and us in the past, I mean, we've had, I think that's what, what brings us together here so is that too. we're able to connect on those levels and mm-hmm. kind of talk about mental health in juxtaposition with leaving religion, um, and relate on that together. And so, um, so when I was in the South, I remember this, this is, this is where I initially brought up living in the South is that I, I used to listen to Christian radio sometimes on road trips. And this is like, such You're a in a safe space. <laughs> so, so did I. I'm like, I'm like, um, Hillsong United. I Come on this? now. Well, and even not, not that, although sometimes, but when I was trying to stay awake, I would listen to Christian talk shows because they would make me angry. <laughs> and so that. it would help me stay awake. That's so, were um, you like crafting <laughs> debates? Yeah. Were you yelling back? Yeah. Like, I was just like, no, uh-uh, no way. No. Um, what's going on? But because it, and, and uh, like, which is kind of funny because I'm like, why was I spurring myself to anger? But I was, I was, I think it was just like, especially living in this Southern community, I was just like, oh, I'm creating a safe space in my vehicle at one o'clock in the morning on my way to Nashville, um, where I can just like think 
critically about what's being presented to me in this very filtered way because that's what christian radio is is this we're this uplifting positive space you giving yourself new language yeah you were teaching yourself this whole new language well and that's what's so crazy yeah and that's what's so crazy is that's the first time i started thinking about myself as a humanist was listening to this radio where they were uh criticizing humanism and it was so i mean i'm smiling really widely right now because um I do call myself a humanist right now. If someone wants to call me something, I don't have to call myself anything. Like I'm Allie. I'm a person, but hey. <laughs> hello there. Um, but, but I remember listening to this radio and station and, and they were having these, I think it was a caller that called in about their friend becoming a secular humanist and, having all of these ideas and then the the talk show host is like well here's why secular humanism is this really dangerous way of thinking and blah 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 and and I'm listening to this and I'm like oh well that's what I think <laughs> I'm like I'm like oh yeah I agree with You're like check yeah I was like check literally it was like yeah. one after the other and and so this this definition this this term or this identity called secular humanism I was like well I guess if I have any belief system right now it's probably that Um, so I guess I'll just go look at, I'll go Google that. (laughs) I'll go check that out because atheism wasn't doing it and agnosticism kind of felt whatever. Um, and so I was like, but I love the word human and I love the human identity. And I think, um, circling back to one of my points about being a human and then a sinner and then a Christian, what was that first identity I said is human. And, and that's the identity that I give myself now. And uh, humanism is a whole realm of of idealistic and philosophical thought and there's a lot of nuances to it just as there are to any realm of philosophical right. thought um but for me what humanism means now and what that radio talk show at 1 a.m kind of gave me was um space for my individualism within the world within the context of society and within the context of the world and um humanism kind of explicitly asks that we leverage our talents or our skills or our beliefs towards the betterment of other people or towards the betterment of society and then meaning over yourself uh, well see no oh i mean some people might say that Mm -hmm. but for me no um and for a lot of realms of thought no but it's because if you're not first you have to recognize yourself and your own value and your own ability to like be a human being to experience things and to contribute to society before you can leverage it so it's like i believe that as rupaul says how the hell are you gonna (laughs) love anyone else if you can't love yourself literally yeah like actually yes and plug rupaul (laughs) but always all of us are constantly plugging rupaul um and so and so i i think that that gave me like Kind of the first nest that I felt if you again, if I had to give myself a name like for my belief system, if I had to give myself an identity construct to operate within, it was the first one that felt the most nourishing and the most open and the most um, it had the most safe space to change and to grow. Um, it was it was vast. It was an ocean. It was bigger than a bubble. It was it was a place that I could swim in and drown in if I needed to. And, oh, really um, beautiful. yeah, plugging my song and my lyrics, <laughs> um, play the song. <laughs> no, um, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, but a, a space where I could live until, until I'm not alive anymore. And, and humanism, there's, there's a scientific component of my, um, the limited, the finite, 
sadness of myself where I am going to die, you know, and, um, and that's okay. I'm going to die in the ocean instead of in a bubble, Yes. you know, and (laughs) (laughs) yes. Uh, Do you think that there's almost a scientific part to the fact that we want a label for ourselves? Oh, absolutely. Do you find yourself wanting to like get away from any type of spiritual label? Absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, yes. And, and that's why I, that's I, what I've been struggling with. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I, I enjoy being in a space where I'm not labeling myself, but I also feel lost otherwise. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's why I try to emphasize the point that if you want to call me something, you can call me humanist. Mm-hmm. And like, I like calling myself that because it is so far the most open way mm-hmm. that I can define myself. Um, and I think that my brain does want something to hold on to so i'm not just floating around well and and but it makes sense neuroscience shows why we want that Um, we want want connection and we want it really has a lot to do with anthropomorphic communication because we're trying to build societies and tribes based on similarities and we're trying to share resources based on our connection to other people um and hoard resources and kill other tribes and all of these other things and be against we want something to be against yeah um but and so and so i think that fundamentally maybe that's the wrong word but just like again language is limited um but i think like yeah just what is yes what is what is is that i want a safe space to do my best (laughs) and and as far as like spirituality goes and like reclaiming parts of my belief systems like intuition which Mm -hmm. doesn't have does have some scientific like there is some grounding behind energy exchange and testing with magnets the difference between like positive and negative energies and Mm. um go into physics and let's go into like these whole other everything is interconnected okay you know it's all there it's all there um and we're all receiving little pieces of it and trying to put it mm-hmm. together into our own little puzzle and yeah. and claim it as our our own you know safe space right. and so um in spirituality it's like i i like hesitate to call myself a spiritual person because i'm like what will that entail you know and is that gonna like mean all of these things and it's like well uh what does it mean to me you know, so like if I'm going to go get my tarot cards read, mm-hmm. what does that mean to me as an individual person right. at this part of my journey? Um, and it's like, oh, well, does that mean she's into, you know, witchcraft or is that does that mean she's into this? And it's like, well, first of all, who is the she like, who is that other voice in my head? Like, where is mm-hmm. that coming from? Right. Does it serve me? Is it is it going to help me claim my piece of the puzzle? Um, and if it's not, then get rid of it and focus on why I'm there. So, um, I recently got my tarot cards read from the, for the first time by a dear friend, um, mm. and very, very beautiful human being and individual and, um, spiritual enlightened person, like insert tons of titles I could give her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she helped me kind of settle into this, this space where it's like, this is what you want out of it. This is not me like channeling a guide for you. This is not, this is me opening up a safe space, um, channeling this safe and you energy and you, what you need. Yes. 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 This is your, and, and, and I did. And that, and it was so amazing. Cause that's something that I remember being an atheist and being like, 
spiritualists, like <laughs> idiots, you know, right. I mean, really. And I say that, I say that with such acknowledgement for yeah. that was just part of my way of trying to understand what was going on. Yeah. Um, and why I really believe that where I am now in my beliefs and my claiming of any sort of title, um, is the safest space I've ever lived in and the, the most loving because it does make room for kind of everyone's experience, um, and everyone's moment in that experience. Like if you had been talking to me six years ago, which you did, did. <laughs> or eight years ago or 10 years ago, you're just talking to a, a person at a different moment in her experience. And, um, now we're both here and we're doing our best. We sure are. We're trying. Yeah. I think we're succeeding. I claim that. Yeah. You yeah. claim that. Let's you claim look that. in the mirror and say, <laughs> Hey, beautiful. <laughs> you're, you're succeeding. Actually, I really, I, I need to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be saying, hey, beautiful. I've I've been focusing on just saying I love you in the and mirror, that, which I had never done until like literally two months ago. It's crazy. Ever. Yes. Like, it's so wild. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a life partnered person. I like love love and I love human beings and mm-hmm. connection. But I had never bothered to like say to myself, I love you. I had I had said to myself, I love you from this naming it this God figure. Yeah. But to actually actually look at my self um and say i love you changes everything it really does that was great yeah i think that was good it was good (laughs) do you feel good yeah i feel nourished i do too thank you for having me oh thank you for being here and sharing (laughs) (sighs) this is what this is what this is what we all need to be doing it's having having open conversations, having spaces where we both validate ourselves and then get a chance to validate the other. Yeah. As not something separate from us, as separate from us, but also as similar. Right. Yeah. You know, as someone who is also trying to do it, we're all doing our best. That is, that's it. And it's, it's (laughs) just, it's nice hearing. It's nice hearing about, other people struggling because i think we all want that validation that we're not the only one that like has a hard time in this world and so it's nice to hear um the fact that just other people struggle and what they do to strengthen themselves and what they did to overcome because that's really what we're all trying to do we're just trying to live each day get through literally like just like the complexities of what that day means and just the fact that like and just that it's okay if you're struggling and it's okay if you're changing because that means you're human and that you're doing something to evolve, you know? So if you're struggling, mm. it's because you're changing. Embrace it. Because guess what? You're shedding that snake skin and you were going to come out this beautiful Woo! cobra. I love, I'm, I love that. Yeah. I love that you just said that is what it means to be a human. Yeah. Or a snake. Or, or a, a snake, beautiful snake. Be. Yeah. <laughs> or an egg. <laughs> or, an or egg. any of the other metaphors that we've used yes. in this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you. Thanks for saying Allie. that. Mm. Cue your song. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Play the whole thing.
上升。